millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Derek. <laughs> and I'm Ray. I'm Alice Reed. Okay, well, welcome back to another episode of... Mostly Another episode of Mostly Lit. Um, we back. It's 2019. Yeah, yeah, we're back again. Hi guys, I'm Alex Reese, just for anybody who's new. Yes, to the and situation. I'm Raifa Rafi. Yeah, and it's 2019. Sorry we got, we're back a bit later than we said we would be, but you know, sometimes it'd be like that. Sometimes rest, mm-hmm. relax. And keep it, keep it pushing. Read. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, oh, I'm so excited to be back and recording. I know like we've seen a lot of messages of people being like, when you, when you heifers back? Yeah. Um, and I'd just be like, soon, 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 soon. <laughs> Um, but now we're like back and I'm, I'm really excited for everything that God has in store for us this 29th time. We're back on the spirituality tip. It's going to be great. Everyone's trying to regain their faith. Regain <laughs> their faith for 20, real. 2018 knocked a lot of people for six. First of all, yeah. I actually like have been speaking to quite a few people and 2018 was a tsunami. It was, a, it was really mad, Alex. I, I drowned. Yeah, I died. I lay there and just like take me now. I I died for real, like. But we died and came back with rebirth. Yes, like a phoenix Mm. arisen from From the the ashes. ashes. There we go. We come back. (laughs) (laughs) We were forks. Legit. Mm -hmm. Because, ooh, 2018 was like the year of oh my life. I had to fight. I'm finished. (laughs) You know. Yeah, actually a mess. But we're alive. Alhamdulillah. Sorry. We're back again. You know. All right. So how? We're just gonna do a brief catch up. How brief was your up. How was your new year? How did everything kind of like? How was your January? Because we're in February now. Yeah. So how was your January? My okay. So basically, I took a thirty day free trial for my January twenty nineteen year. Mm-hmm. I was like, listen, I'm not gonna subscribe to this year mm-hmm. um, until I know what what it's gonna do for me. Yeah. And so my thirty day free trial of January ended, and I thought, yeah, like it's gonna be a cool year. Mm-hmm. 
I've had um, a few weeks off work actually. And in that time, I've just been able to spend quite a bit of time by myself, go to therapy. Like I am obsessed with therapy right now because I'm all about ensuring that my mind is clean and correct. And it's so weird because I never was like that, that type of person. Mm-hmm. Like I thought people who were really obsessed with their peace and mm-hmm. their calm were a bit lame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I.e. Alex. Listen, I was, just, actually very rude. I was just a bit like, oh God, like get over yourself. <laughs> and now I'm just like, fam, I need peace. I need, I need, I need to relax. You, you know, know, you know, when um, Rose left Leon, what's his, what, what's, what's his name? Jack. What was, when, when Rose left Jack on the, on the space, on the, on the thing. <laughs> on the space. The, you know, on the little plank at the end. The plank, there yeah. No, there was no more room. There was there. room, but yeah. This is what you try to do. What do you mean? You're like, oh, um, with, <laughs> with his piece, like with his piece. Like, oh, why is he doing that? I was on that plank. <laughs> I was trying to just, just trying to survive. But yeah, like, 20, like 2019 or like this January for me anyway, has mm. been very much soul searching. It's been a complete realignment of um, how I think and who I am. And I've, I've become very disciplined um, because 2018, it was just boundaryless you know mm-hmm. completely boundaryless yeah. and I you know went through so many changes as you guys well know if you've listened to the past episodes um I was just a wrecking it mm-hmm. but I needed the six months to I say break down to come back together mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now we're coming back together yeah and it's it's actually really really good like, yeah. I'm actually really happy oh that's so. nice to hear how about you? What have you been up to? Okay, You've listen, been a recluse. I ain't seen you much. Listen, listen, I've been trying to just keep my head low. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, me and Ray, me and Ray had the discussion about temple of peace. My, my kingdom King, of peace. Ray has a kingdom of peace, and I'm a temple of solitude. Yeah. Oh, you have a temple of solitude. Yeah, yeah. And I just literally, oh, cool. and I literally just, I've just literally been in my room looking at my vision board <laughs> most of the month because I've been cold and I've really been trying to just figure out what I'm, what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like. I'm just really just trying to get myself ready. Obviously, as I mentioned in the last episode, in back in December, yeah. I've obviously left work. I'm just out here out freelancing trip. and trying to Living just... Living that freelance yeah, life. Yeah, just get opportunity after opportunity. Yeah. Um, and that's literally been my day, been my month. Like, literally just been out here. Um, oh, yeah, but started my website, so I've got my blog up and running, guys. Okay, Alex, okay. Alex Rees. How, how okay. often do you post? Um, every Wednesday. Okay. So, every Wednesday, and newsletter goes every Tuesday evening. Mm. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. So, I've got my blog. Check it out, guys. Yeah, check it out, check it out. So, that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been doing to occupy my time. Your because, temple of solitude. Your temple I like of solitude. <laughs> so, guys, basically, we each have, like, coping mechanisms. <laughs> this, is, this has to be it, yeah. because... Like, so I have my, my kingdom of peace and my kingdom of peace I was discussing yesterday is basically a fortress and only certain people are vetted and the vetting process is very, very rigorous and rigid and you can't get in yeah. if you're not vetted. And so if you're outside of the kingdom of peace, I can still hang with you, but just understand that it's not that deep. It's not that deep. And Sometimes I will not be dying not, for yeah. whatever it is that you're going to bring to me. <laughs> it's actually not every day because I found out in 2018 that everybody is mad. Everyone is mad. I like me, myself included. In myself, places, oh, you know, myself, one of the, one you know of the most mean? maddest. Everybody is mad, but, yeah. um, you know, and you just actually have to, you actually just have to be very aware of just things and everything that's going on. And you can, and you do have the control to yeah. restrict the boundaries and do what you gotta yeah. do. But and it's so empowering as well. I feel mm. like if more people, the thing is, so many people do this and, for me, I always think, oh, you know, why they're a bit off? But really, they're just protecting their peace. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who's like an open wound when it when it's like with other people, I really just allow so much mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh, I must feel everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no, I don't. So, you know, please, no, you know, don't. take your stress and put it outside of my kingdom. You can't yeah. even see it. There we go. It's over here with peace. There we go. 
All right. So, so we both uh, had good January. Is that yeah, good to I mean, hear? January was pretty peaceful. It was yeah. pretty all right. Um, okay, let's have a look. So this week... Mostly uh, news. So basically, yeah, so we've got several things that we're going to announce towards the end of the show. So if you want to, like, just keep yourself together for the ride that we're going to go on this week. The um, ride. Got a few, you've got, like, a few new categories. Interesting conversations. We're taking you guys on a revamp. On a revamp. Um, you know, had to do a bit of reshuffling and changing things around. But, yeah, here we go. So, okay, so first things first. Mostly news. First things first. I'm the realist. Sorry. I had to do that. I had to. I had to. Oh, my God. You sound nonsense. You're so stupid. Um, oh, my God. Okay, so, yeah, so mostly news. Um, so, obviously, we just, um, I went through some of the... <laughs> Some of the stories that I've seen that I've seen this week, and obviously Ray chimes in with whatever. Yeah, I <laughs> want to know what you've got for me this week. Okay, so I want to know what you thought about this whole. Uh, I don't know whether you've seen what's going on with journalism lately. And I've everything. been seeing. There's so many calls, like literally calls. So Vice Media has laid off 250 workers mm. from their from their. Um, from their news platform. Yeah. Um, BuzzFeed has been doing, has been coming to do slashing, slashing, slashing yeah. everybody's jobs. Huffington Post, everything around that. But, um, and, you know, at this moment in time, it's quite a precarious space for like journalists at the minute because mm-hmm. there are so many unemployed ones now and everyone's trying to, it's like a, it's like this big job snatch because mm-hmm. everyone, nobody knows where they're going to be going and what they're going to be doing. So obviously, like you're in the world of journalism. Mm-hmm. What is the one driving force um, that is, doing this restructuring like what is the underlying issue that that um news houses face uh, that means that they need to lay off of, uh, like lay off people to be honest it's like it's money mm. it's money um at this moment in time i don't think that journalism as it stands at the minute is sustainable mm. because yeah so i put out quite a lot of I put out quite a few stories on my instagram page and i ask a few questions like do you I, read the newspapers yeah, and stuff yeah so I, asked, I asked last week um i was reading the times and i was like oh i wonder if people actually buy newspapers anymore mm. and i know they don't, but how like much I was, are they? Are they like twenty p? So I was like, okay, so I thought they were like twenty forty pence, or was that like back well, in the What are you living in? I thought, I was like, maybe is that back in the noughties? No. Or was that like the sun? Was like forty pence? Listen, yeah, yeah, they were cheap back in the day, but they were just people were buying papers, isn't it? Yeah. Now a lot of the lot of the prices have risen. So we've got the Guardian at two pound twenty. Why? When I can go online and read it for free? Right. The Times two pound twenty. Yeah, the for cheapest, paper. The cheapest tabloid newspaper, like with the most content and like that like you're gonna get like a comprehensive look at the news mm. probably the mail and that's 70p mm. and people aren't going to buy the daily mail because obviously it's quite quite a precarious paper with yeah. different things going in there but like so the times has um, a paywall subscribers and all these different things a telegraph it's see like, that I understand yeah so that I would do you have to be a subscriber of the times online to, to, yeah. to read all, all of the articles indefinitely same with the financial times same yeah. with the telegraph in some places I like the FT. but you know there's not enough money going into it and I think that it's a question of is online media a sustainable thing for journalism at this moment because but then everybody would want to go online then if if newspapers are just slashing like no one's buying um physical copies mm-hmm. um i don't know i've always thought that there was something quite traditional and almost outdated at the fact that we still have physical newspapers personally our world is so g- digital right now mm-hmm. that i think it bodes well for um news houses or what are they called news news houses public newspapers news, newspaper. no, pu- they're, they're publishers as well so are they would you yeah. consider them publishers yeah, they're publishers so mm. they're publishing material yeah so. so I think it will bode well for them to really invest in their online content and if if that means you like have to put up a paywall mm-hmm. and and to for people to subscribe then I think that is definitely needed because mm-hmm. 
legit I don't read newspapers however like back in the day I used to I used to read the metro like every single morning yeah and I find it really funny that nobody really picks up the metro and reads it the metro is a banging yeah, newspaper I, I, I'm the, sorry I most, love it it's the most balanced and most concise yeah. piece of news that you're probably going to get along with the eye um Oh, I wrote for the eye yeah, yeah, you wrote for the eye. See, yeah, this like Christmas. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, quite a balanced, it's quite a balanced paper in that it is independent voices, but like it's um, it's concise and it's everything's kind of like to the point. And that's, that's what you want sometimes with, with papers like the Times and the Telegraph and whatnot. They're kind of a bit, com- like a bit too complicated yeah. sometimes. It's a bit long. One of the really. issues that I have with like journalism mm-hmm. currently is the fact that um, like I write and I'll write for like newspapers, but I don't consider myself a journalist. Okay, I haven't been trained in the art and what and whatnot. However, there are like certain stories I see of, I guess, seasoned journalists mm-hmm. that are less about reporting, which is what I think um, the, the the profession is: mm-hmm. reporting news, reporting facts or truths, or you know, holding up debates um, and challenging worldviews, mm-hmm. or whether it's investigation, which is what I think I would absolutely love, okay? Investigation's really tough, though. So I know, but... If you, have, if, you have, if you don't have a good team, then... Yeah, I think I would absolutely love to do that. <laughs> I know. But however, a lot of the things that I see right now is just reactionary content mm-hmm. that is uh, opinion-filled. And that's cool coming from, I don't know, influencers and bloggers and people who want to, like, write their opinion somewhere. But how do you feel about that with seasoned journalists? doing that is that like something that you go into oh I just want to write my opinion and I'm still a journalist or is it that I am a reporter of news so okay so within the profession it's quite a it's um it's, in- it's interesting because you go into the profession to be a news reporter yeah and this current trend of like oh I'm gonna I want to give my opinion I want to put my opinion out there I want to put the x y and z it's like okay within the profession it's like you start at news, mm. essentially, and then and as you build up your career, then you get to a place where you can start writing on features, mm-hmm. then you start writing an opinion, and then sport whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how you build up the career uh, before you kind of start just lending your opinion, because you yeah. have to have credibility before you can lend an opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not everyone can just run in there and, and give it. And I think that's just kind of like, it's a probably a generational thing as mm. well, because a lot of like our generation, we are quite entitled. We are. We do feel like we just we. Let like, me tell you what I think. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, um, they owe us this. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we have to have this opinion on everything. And I'm like, you know, sometimes it's just, um, it's just a matter of just really understanding because the people that actually have trained to be journalists and gone in and actually gone through the qualifications and everything like that, they have to do like a stint in just news for yeah. at least two to three years, and that's like itself some people just want to be news reporters and that's fine and within news as well so you've got like the news and then you go into investigations etc so yeah i think um, i would love that news and investigations yeah but i mean that's one of those career paths within the industry yeah all right so yeah so let us know what you think let us know know what you think about the state of um journalism journalism right now because everyone's losing everyone's scrambling for jobs i I heard about the pool yesterday yesterday or something yeah the pool is um is under under administration gone under administration because like they've money again they have the money to pay their freelancers and it's just I remember pitching for them this is why they didn't respond see probably, probably <laughs> so I mean anything for a reason yeah. so, like, I'm so sorry alright cool uh, next bit of news I want to say let's do some book news um, some what news book news okay Jacaranda Jacaranda ja- ja- Books Jacaranda Books has received donations totaling £25,000 oh that's incredible for their commitment to diverse and groundbreaking publishing so oh, they've, they've received 25k because what they what they're um 
what they're planning to do and what they're trying, they're aiming to do is to publish 20 black British writers in 2020. And it says, a, um, the article in The Guardian, yeah. that says a group of unnamed individuals has donated £25,000 towards an independent publisher's initiative to publish 20 black British writers in 2020 in the hope it will normalise black writing and authors in the UK. And I think this is an amazing, amazing thing because phenomenal, yeah. I think like a lot of people within the industry need to start kind of taking accountability for putting their money where their mouth is. There we go. And you know we see it with with publishers like Night of and you know Jacaranda mm. and whatnot, and you know reading the one percent. Yeah. Because once you like the, like the one percent when that when that stat came out last year, mm. it was groundbreaking because you really have to like obviously people know but until they have the, st- the stats in front of them to show that like this is how bad it is. Yeah, one yeah. percent of what one percent of books were or children's books were written by diverse yeah. um, and minority writers and had those characters within it. Um, it kind of shows that the British, the, the, the British standard for publishing and media is kind of like you yeah, know, just all over the place. Because like you can have so many panels on these kinds of diversity issues, yeah. like which I'm very tired of. Like it gets to a point where you're like, actually, you need to start putting where your mouth, where, like your money where your mouth is, mm-hmm. and actually invest in these writers. I mean, that that actually reminds me of Nights of they did like they did their fundraiser fundraiser and they've literally got like nearly 50k yeah, for their, permanent for their, bookshop and yeah. doing little pop ups across the country. Yeah. I think Penguin uh, matched fund 15k. Um, so congratulations to them as well. They've so, just yeah. done amazing. Yeah, it's amazing what they're doing. And yeah. Even that bookshop, like even when it was the pop up, it was just great. It just was so it. nice. It was so nice. And it was like kids come and actually yeah. so interested. I, mean, I was in, I was in there, um, and like this this mother came in with her with her son. Like she was like one. Was, yeah. It was a white mum, and obviously her watch out. And um, they were just like looking at all these books, and like we're just talking, and like we were just like chilling with the baby. Yeah. The baby was out here, and yeah. he was. Um, that she was just picking up all these different books for him because, oh, you know what I mean? And it's just like a whole a new generation of thinking, especially when it's a new generation of children being born. Yeah. It's just like getting all the books that they can yeah. and then just having it, normalising it so they can just see like a vast array. Yeah, see difference as just normal yeah. rather than something to be afraid of. Yeah, and yeah, not something, not as different. Yeah. Just it is Just what it, what is. it is, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's great for Jack Amazing Congratulations. Um, female writers and first-time authors dominate the long list for the International Dylan Thomas Prize. Hey. Worth 30k and on that list, we have our great friend Guy Gunratney. So we've got our Madam Fury City's on there. We've got Friday Black is on there too. Why is it finished that? We've got Hold by Michael Donko. Yeah. I read uh, the first story of um, Friday Black and I was a bit like, oh. Oh, I haven't actually finished it. Yeah, it's, it's a bit, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, is it well written though? It's supposed to be it's, really Yeah, nice. it's really well written, mm-hmm. but it's different. Like it's, it's hard hitting and emotional and I just didn't expect to go in like first story um, like that's what it screams to me so yeah um, I put it down because I was a bit like well I can't do this on a Friday evening <laughs> um, but yeah definitely like be in the mood to be wowed when you like open that book yeah. for the first time yeah I mean it is dominated by um, female writers this year yeah so we've got Sarah Perry from Melmoth which I didn't really like the book but did you read it? yeah mm. yeah I in- interviewed her and it was um it was, it was a very dark book. Yeah. So, like, she has a particular style. So if you don't judge... She's the one the style, that wrote the Essex Serpent. Essex Serpent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I want to read that because apparently it's supposed to be really good. But um, so we had that. We've got Normal People by Sally Rooney. That's supposed to be really good, I hear. Mm, I hear it's a bit overrated, you know. Mm, possibly. It sold quite... quite mm, yeah, it sold Popular well. fiction, yeah. I guess. But I mean, yeah. And there are various other people. So guys, check that out if you're interested in those things. Um, what else? Oh, the Man Booker Prize could change name after losing hedge fund sponsor. So it might not be the Man Booker as we know it anymore. So the Man Group 
when you realize that outside of all this arty stuff, yeah, it's, actually all, a business. it's a business, it's an investment, it is hard hitting yeah. corporate stuff. Honestly, honestly. So, so you take your art and just take it somewhere. <laughs> you know, obviously put your heart in it, yeah. but boy, like it really is just about how much you're selling. Oh my God, I think, oh, this is some tea. So some tea. the Man Booker Prize has lost its sponsor after an author claimed hedge funds were the enemy. So, uh-huh. oh my God, so you basically just shot yourself in the foot. Man, Man Group, the UK-based hedge fund, said it was pulling its annual £1.6 million sponsorship of the prestigious literary award after 18 years. Bring it over here to Mostly Lit. Yeah, honestly, yes. Yeah, fund us. We love hedge funds. <laughs> Do we? We are all about them. Do we? Listen, shut up. <laughs> Listen, yeah. Um, it said at in one a point, statement, in a statement yeah. that it had been a privilege to support the prize, but that it would focus our resources on a new campaign to increase diversity in the industry. So relations between the financial giant and booker organisers are said to have been strained for some time with a source telling the BBC the company felt unappreciated. So All for ego. It's ego, man. Oh, ego, man. So I know it. damn well it's just one one, one white man sat in his chair like, I'm, I'm very disgusted today. Um, that they that? said yeah. that they don't like hedge funds. Honestly, yeah. Like, like, today, can we just... I think I'm just going to pull from that. Yeah, can we just invest in like a golf course? <laughs> like, you know? How about we put the man group there. There. And we can uh, we can do this. Let's get a yacht. Yeah, that's kind of what, <laughs> that is what... Um, you get a car. You get a car. <laughs> so it might not be called the Man Booker Prize anymore. It might Ooh. be called the Booker... Should we invest in, in the Booker? With what money? With, with my spirit. Because that's all I can invest in right now. Listen, yeah, you have to speak things into existence. <laughs> okay, fine. I mean... Mostly Booker. Mostly Booker. Can you imagine? Well, mostly Booker. Booker Lit. The Booker lit, lit Booker. The Booker Lit Prize. The Booker Lit Prize. Imagine. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Shout out to the Booker Group, the please. Bo- <laughs> listen, listen, to, listen to what we're saying. Um, the Booker Lit Prize, and then we be the judges of who actually wins the Booker oh. Lit Prize. Hold these heifers by their throats, <laughs> step on their necks, be like, your book is rubbish. No, 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 no. You have to read so many books each year, man. Flipping, oh, like I've seen that list. The list is long. Oh, God. The list is long. Um, okay, and then. Into- oh, speaking of awards, we're also judging the um, British Book Awards British this, book year award this year again. Yeah, so we're going to be doing that. That's, I mean, it's been announced in the bookseller. Um, yeah, so we really should, excited so really to read the books. Really excited. I like my picture this year. Do you? I, feel like, I need to get new headshots. Yeah. You do. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> Waste man. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> what, there's still more news? Do you know oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Do, do we do one more? Mm, okay, fine. One more? <laughs> um, it depends on what you want to do. Do you want to do serious or stupid? Um, oh, hmm. You choose. Mm. Okay. okay, this MP lied, yeah, <laughs> about us feeding fine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I find this. Why is this news? Why is this book news? (laughs) No, take it out. We're not discussing this. (laughs) No, the question is, should MPs still still earn a salary when they're in? Yes, they should. You think they should? Wait, when they're in prison? Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) Or when they've been, um, or keep their jobs while in prison or whatnot, because I think there's a a certain amount of time that they have. If they're in it, if they're in prison for like less than a certain amount of time, they can still keep their salary. Sorry. From time when you've broken the law and you are supposed to be a lawmaker or protecting your constitution, there is no way you should be allowed that. From time when lawyers get like struck off the SRA mm. if you're bumping train yeah I always found it funny no I find it funny because like the, what she got, you got <laughs> it was for perverting the court of justice and I always find that as a funny a funny reason for like being arrested <laughs> you lied <laughs> because you're like you're really trying to just 
scam. Oh, just trying to scam the court. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and by that, mean, you mean you're trying to scam the queen. Oh, also... Scamming what, the queen is a way of life. Yeah, but what do you think about... Sorry, just before we go on to the rest of the more mostly lit. But um, what do you think about Prince Philip and his reckless driving? Wasn't he back in his car like a few days later? Yeah, with sunglasses. Yeah. Cruising down the street doing... I mean, obviously, we don't want to say anything because we need to be careful on it. Um, the Queen might just catch us. Mm. Um, but I do think that there was another like woman in that car who was injured, no? Mm-hmm. And nobody even mentioned her until a few days later or mm. a few news articles later. And it just goes to show the fact that we value this man's life who is on the verge of death and the precipice of the afterlife anyway, mm-hmm. rather than this poor young woman. Um, all because of status yeah. and, you know, the rank in society that he holds. Mm. And I think that's a bit mad still. Yeah. You, know they got, you know they delivered like a new Range Rover the next day to his house? To, to his that's house. paying for that, me and you. This is why we're broke. Me and you. Us, that is our Range Rover. We own like one billionth of that Just Range Rover. After my MOT, after, after my MOT failed. <laughs> and I'm you like, need hey. to go and claim it. Yeah. All these Uber rides when I own a Rolls Royce. Yeah, see? And it's in Buckingham Palace see? right now. And you're driving reckless on these countries. Can you imagine? Streets. Anyway. Okay, with my car. <laughs> with my car. It is madness. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, cool. That's mostly news. Anyway, so we're gonna we're gonna do that each week. Mostly uh, news, guys. Mostly Give us news. any articles. If you think there's anything that you think is of interest, just drop us a DM or mention us, and we will just I will have a look and see if I can yeah you know, skedaddle it for the next week. All right, cool. Fabulous. So let's move, move on. on. To mostly lit. Um, so lit. what are you reading this uh, week? What have you been reading this week? Okay, so I'm reading the Rosie. Um, Effect. You're still reading that? Shut up, man. Um, you've, had a, you've had a whole... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a sequel of um, uh, Graham Simpson's... Is it Simpson? I always pronounce his name wrong, isn't it? Mm. The Rosie Project featuring, obviously, his um, protagonist, Don Tillman, um, and his now wife, Rosie, and who's like announced that she's pregnant. And it's all about learning sort of how to become a father, the, pro- the protocols, and mm. whilst also like helping his philandering friend, Jean, um, who's also <laughs> his living. philandering friend. Yeah, who's also living. Hilarious. Living. And guys, so I've also been reading, well, actually listening, because I now am an audio person. Um, and I started with um, something very small, actually, just because I wanted to, I actually haven't read much Bell Hooks and I really wanted to be like, oh, like, let's see what... I've read some things, but I wanted to start, like... But I wanted to really get into Hooks just to see, like, her politics and stuff. And I've started with something very, very small on audio. And I think it's really good for, like, everybody who wants to maybe understand um, the foundations of um, feminist theory, Mm -hmm. thought, um, and criticism. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is a book, so small, 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 tiny book called Feminism is for Everybody. Although... I have a bit of oh, issue with that. One, yeah, yeah I, I have a few issues got, with that. I like the book. Yeah, um, although there are, there are a few little things just from the title. Although, have. and it's yes, it's for it's a lot of passion politics. Yeah, um, that's what I've been listening to. It's it really is, good. I think it's good for everybody. It is good for everybody. But I do think like. I was reading it on the street, on the street. Once. I was reading it like as you would read it on the tube and whatnot, and like absorbing a lot of the the content that was mm. in there because I'm reading some stuff and thinking about it. But then to have like women coming up to me and being like, oh, good on you, well done that you're reading this. I'm like, for common for common crap, like, why are you praising me for, yeah, for, for reading a feminist, you know what I mean? That's and that's the, that is the issue. Right? You see what I'm the saying? fact like, that, yeah. Like, you're praising me for, like, little crumbs. Or, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh my God, well done. 
come on now. That's hilarious. <laughs> was it like saying? privileged white women? Yeah, it's like, well done for you. Yeah. Well done for you for reading this. I'm yeah. like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to read it because I'm interested in But this that. thing is, it's so weird because she even about talks things. about it in the book when um, she talks about how um, white women, um, when they've obviously taken on board feminism and the fact that it's technically the intersectionality really isn't there even though she obviously didn't coin the term intersectionality but I see in aspects in which she kind of touched on the issue with regards to white women fighting for their rights amidst the same time as the civil rights movement in America whereby I guess they were very much triggered by the fact that wait, black men will have um, more rights than us mm-hmm. and so their feminism is essentially just a lifestyle change in that we want to be able to be the same as men but however still oppress those beneath us mm-hmm. which include um, black women mm-hmm. and so this lifestyle feminism whereby it's not really feminism because there is still an oppressed party underneath you um, that you are basically saying take all of my work take the um, the inequality and the fact that we don't have, you know, you don't have reproductive rights. We will have them because we are white women and we want to be closer to white men, but you are still an underclass of a party underneath. There, there is still an underclass. And I think when she spoke about that in the book, it was really amazing. So I really enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I've got quite a few. Oh, I'm also reading Becoming by Michelle Obama or well, listening to it actually. And it's so nice listening to her. I had a dream that I was listening to that. Yeah. I listen to it on, when I'm on the treadmill at the gym. Okay. Um, and I'm going to be, I realized that for audio, I mm-hmm. think it's better for me to read, listen to nonfiction because I like, agree. obviously I, where I listened to the book that we're going to do today mm-hmm. and it just wasn't the same because I wanted to highlight and, you know, yeah. and, and have a page to flick back to. But with, with nonfiction, I'm never going to do that. Yeah. It's nonfiction. I'm going to read it, absorb it. Yeah. You absorb it. it. You listen, when you listen to nonfiction, it's a completely different to reading experience and to it's, reading. It, yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like I'm studying. So now I've got that under control. It's like, all right, cool. cool. But yeah, so that's those are the things that I'm reading and listening to. Okay. How about um, you? What are you doing? What I'm reading at the minute. So I've been reading um, some David Sedaris. And he's an American, like, essay writer, satirist sort of thing. And he's and I'm just listening and listening to his book, mm-hmm. Holidays on Ice. And um, he's hilarious. He basically writes about... Um, he's got this whole this is like a Christmas kind of like short story essay kind mm-hmm. of thing and it's funny just like about him working as an elf in um, like Macy's and stuff working and, as an elf like, working as an elf Macy's. in Macy's and it kind of like breaks it the way and the thing is something so mundane as like working as an elf in, like, in Macy's like, everybody has the experience of having to do a job they don't want to do yeah but he was in he was in his 30s and he was working as this elf and he's like why am I in my 30s working as an elf trying to find a job in this place and it's Christmas time and it's kind of but what he does is kind of paints the image of like the American consumer mm-hmm and American families and like their mindsets over Christmas and I find it re- I find it really interesting and he's got like a really really sh- razor sharp wit about about the way he writes um, and that's pretty good um, so that's Holidays on Ice by David Sedaris um, what else am I reading I'm still trying to read A Little Life and it's dragging me at every single yeah. every single chapter that I, that I pick up so and read. this book yeah is it the one where there's like university yeah, kid, a bunch yeah. of university yeah, friends yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's, why is everyone talking about it because it's an emotional Upheaval, yeah. When was it published? 2015. Okay. So basically, the um, author Hania Iana Kitara, mm-hmm. I hope I pronounced that name right, um, she is like an editor for a magazine and she wrote this novel at night while she was working as his editor. Some and people have time, boy. So I mean, man, it's the same 24 hours as Beyonce. Honestly. You may as well, just, you may as well like, literally go and do this <laughs> shit. 
And I was looking at it and I was thinking to myself, Raha, you actually edit, edit a whole entire magazine. I could probably like a section in a magazine. I'm not sure she's the, the whole. It's a hefty book, you know. It's a hefty book, 700 pages. 700 what pages. kind of Game of Thrones is this? I'm actually trying to, I'm reading it and I'm like, every page is dragging me. And I feel like, no, I can't. <laughs> like, I have to take my time and read this book. But yeah, I'm still trying to make my way through a little life. Um, every time I'm, there's always something triggering. She's always taking somebody away from me. Oh, people are dying. Oh, oh, it's that kind of novel. Yeah, so we got a little. Oh, that's uh, cool. I'll read it then. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm such. A, <laughs> I love that stuff. Yes. Right. Honestly, it's peak. Kill them. <laughs> it's actually peak. Like... No, I love that. Like the unexpected. Oh, I love a little emotional turmoil. Oh my god. You know. You know what I mean. So yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. So we go. I'm reading that, um, and it's tough. It's a tough one. And then I'm reading some Eckhart Tolle. And I'm trying Who to is this guy? So basically, he's this kind of new age philosopher, right? Oh, good heavens. But also, but he's been around for ages. He's 70. Is he he's, like he's, a he's like insta like philosopher? Old, no, 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 no. He's, like his, he's, like his, he's as old as Oprah, I guess. Oprah's 60. So he's been writing um, for a long time. But he's a, he was a teacher as well. So he kind of like, and he studied. A new age philosopher. I want to say a new I age philosopher. I already don't like him. I want to say a new age philosopher. But anyway, so he is quite, he's a scholar, essentially. Okay. Because he, um, he studied philosophy and he did all of that stuff and he kind of like has a perspective which is really interesting. Um, and he's just kind of collabed on this podcast with Oprah. So Oprah's got her super soul conversation. Yeah. So every Monday, um, he's kind of collabed for 10 weeks on his book, A New Earth. And he goes through each chapter with Oprah. But Oprah goes through each chapter with him. Yeah. And they like take calls from people about the particular parts of the chapters. What is um, the book about? Um, it's, oh, do I have a book? Um, it's like, what, new, what does it Basically, tackle? it's about, you know, just kind of changing perspective on the way that we, like, perceive the world and whatnot, and kind of, like, looking inwards and trying to figure out what we're doing with ourselves. Sounds and, very you. Yeah, and it's like, he's looking at ego, he's looking at personality, he's looking at all these different things, and... Yeah, man, he moves mad in the book sometimes. And I'm just like, wow. Like, when you actually look at perspective and trying to... And when, when I'm reading around, and you know, once you... Ego's one of those things, right? Once you start to look and see it, you, you start to realise, like, you know, when certain things affect you, for example, and then the way that you react to it. So I'm, when someone says something to me, for example, at home or you're out in the street, and then I'm affected by it, and I'm like, wait a minute, am I actually affected by it? Or is my ego bruised? about that situation. Do you see what I mean? My little child inside you, that's like, mm, I want this, I want it now. Sometimes that child is right, you know. <laughs> Me, I'm all about feeding that child. That child needs to be protected at all costs. <laughs> Sometimes it needs to be quieted. Do you remember like, remember when you get quieted as a child, but like, like, when your parents give you that look, it's like, mm, yeah. be quiet. But like, be quiet. You know, no, you know I get that, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's like, Sometimes feed that child and keep it warm and healthy yeah, keep and keep it away from toxic people. Yeah, I mean, keep it away from toxic people, keep it warm and healthy and eat your food and eat be quiet. Eat your food and, and that's basically okay, not be quiet because we need to encourage <laughs> Communication, healthy communication, healthy right. communication but anyway, if you're in a child. Anyway, so I was listening. So when I'm, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm talking to my inner child, I'm like, do you really want to hold on to that? Or is that just, or is it, is it something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like let know, it go. I, yeah, I want new things. I said, why do you want a new, like, for example, I'm looking at a new laptop. Why you, do you want a new laptop? No, you have a Mac. Is your laptop fine? Yes, my laptop's fine. But I want a new one. Why do you want a new one? Yeah, that was me. You know, you you know, know what? what that was me with? Yeah. Bed linen. <laughs> I was like, I want nice, like 700 exactly. count Egyptian. And it's, and it's not to say that you can't have those things. Yeah, so, and then I have to quieten that girl down and be like, Ray, like. Sometimes it's good to have nice things. Like, Stop taking you, Ubers then. <laughs> 
we go. See what I mean? Sometimes it's a good time, I think. But, yeah. like, but it's just like not being attached to too many things. Yeah, like, yeah I couldn't find my do rag the other day. Yeah. Oh my God, you make me sick. So I was actually proper upset. So I because you couldn't find your do rag. <laughs> yeah, this is the issue that you, this is what happens when you spend time alone at your home. You get upset over your do rag missing. Who are you? So I text my friends and I was like, listen, I can't find my do rag. I'm upset and I'm rattled. Why can't you? Like, and then, but then I realized, like, um, <laughs> and I'm like, why am I attached to this do rag? Because I used because I can't, I was like, I can't go to bed about this do rag. Why am I going to put my head on my pillow about my do rag? I'm going to lie down on these. How am I going to sleep without this on my head? What, so you slept without your do rag? Yeah, so I was like, I couldn't find it. Oh my God, that actually make me sleep. Like, so, that's painful. So I was like, where's my do rag? Whatever. But anyway, then but then I realised, like, I fully just wrote a piece on my blog about not being attached to items. So I'm out here worrying about this do rag. It's healthy too. Mm. You're used to it. Yeah, but like, I was like, you know what? The do rag will arrive when it arrives. And I found it like two days later. But like, you know what I mean? I that time, and I'm sorry before we, why am I going so far into this do rag situation? But like, that's what I'm saying. It's about being attached to these things and to these items. Do you know what I'm saying? What am I attached to? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Wait. I'll, let, I'll let you figure that out yourself. Okay. No. No. T- what I'm, am I attached I'm to? Atta- I can't tell you what you're attached to. I'm attached figure to my out. my phone. I'm attached. Most people are. To. <sighs> Most people are attached to their phones. To be honest. Yeah, and my all oh, my earphones, my um, <laughs> my AirPods. And your T set. And my, my I'm not attached <laughs> to it. Well, actually, I am. Like, if I oh, that goes missing, people are dying. If it breaks. If it breaks. Oh my god! Do you know how many times I've actually dreamt of like having people around and then they break my T set? Uh, break your T set, flipping off. I actually lose it. See, I, re- I actually have nothing in there that unless it's unless it's something like of huge material value, like my laptop or my computer. And my jewelry it, for me as if well. If you've broken my laptop, I'm like, well, I can't do work, so why yeah. would you do that sort of thing? If you've broken, like, I've broken many mugs in my house, and I'm just like. It's actually just clay and water. Don't you have your favourite mug? <laughs> I have mugs that I like, but if that mug broke, then I'm, I'm really like, it's clay and water. Yeah. I'll find another mug. It's actually not that deep. My laptop costs a lot of money. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Anyway. So that's interesting. A, so, that's, so that's about, yeah, that's about the ego. But anyway, so that's, um, I can't tell you, and all of that stuff. All right, all right, all right. So the book we're doing this week. Guys. Is called Fresh Water. Guys. I I have no idea how to say that. Akwake Amezi? Amezi, yeah. I I can't say their first name, but. So let's. Amezi. Call them Amezi. Amezi. Yeah. Right. And this book, yeah, is. uh, I want to say phenomenal, but then I want to say like it actually rattled me. Majority, it, quite a bit at a time. It kept on rattling me because I was like, I'm so lost. But let's just tell you guys What's the book about? what this book is about, right? Mm-hmm. So essentially, uh, let me give you guys a nice little synopsis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to find a nice little synopsis. <laughs> okay. Um, a quacky, a mezzy. <laughs> Can you like find it for me? What? The synopsis? Yeah, I can't find it. But you know, just explain what the book's about. Okay, well, essentially, the book is about um, this young girl called Ada, right? And (laughs) so it's told from the perspectives of these gods that Mm -hmm. reside inside her, yeah? Mm -hmm. And it's, these gods are called Obanje. Mm -hmm. um, And I think it's from the um, Igbo, Ibo tribe? Yeah, the Ibo language. Yeah, the Ibo language. And essentially, like, they are these little gods mm-hmm. who just come in to just do ohala to your... I think they're supposed to be, like, um, malicious spirits, malevolent spirits, aren't they? Okay, so let's... Well, let me show you. Yeah. So, so basically, Ada, who is this... Um, this young girl was born essentially that it was says was born with one foot on the other side and this mm. other side i guess is the godly plane 
mm-hmm. the other plane, not reality that we know. Mm-hmm. Um, so her parents that have like prayed for her existence are called Sol and Sachi. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of struggled to deal with the volatile and sort of contradictory spirits um, or people that reside in their um, young girl. Mm-hmm. And when she comes of age, she has the college and these entities, sometimes there's two, sometimes they mold into one, mm-hmm. others arise, they grow inside of her and they almost take over. They have an agency over her and they have a sort of power. Um, and when she gets um, assaulted, and, and this leads to sort of a, a crystallization of all of these other selves. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's one of them is called Saint Vincent, who is a man essentially, mm-hmm. um, and has. It's described that he has a spirit, but not a body. Whereas okay. the other or two abanje smoke and um, shadow, smoke and shadow, yeah. who almost merge into one in the end. Mm-hmm. At this point in life, mm-hmm. they have they use her as a vessel. Mm-hmm. So whereas Vincent cannot, these two other uh, gods use her as a vessel. So they do her bidding sometimes. Mm-hmm. So she, and, and essentially they are like malevolent spirit. They're called Obanje, if I'm pronouncing it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is their evil spirits, evil, you know, quote unquote, that would essentially in, in the cultural tradition mm-hmm. um, plague a family with misfortune. Um, essentially, I think Obanje means children who come and go. And a lot of these young kids would normally die at a young age. So having read this stuff, I was quite confused why um, Ada lived to be quite like she lived. Yeah. So she went to college and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's um it's quite an interesting thing because like it it really does uh kind of challenge the, the, the question about multiple personalities. It challenges your thoughts mm. about how you think. Yeah. Are we do we all like it depends on your line of thinking, mm. I guess, you know, like are you if you're more of a if you're someone who like believes in more of the spiritual kind of thing, like um malevolent spirits and all that stuff, um when you are having quite negative and destructive thoughts, is it the malevolent spirits that are inside you that are yeah. having these conversations? Or if you're a more scientific scientific and like logical, pragmatic person, is it the whole clinical thing? Are you um, multiple personalities? Are you, do you have various different yeah. um, things inside you? And it was, like, it was a very interesting thing to explore just to navigate within a story. And it's even more interesting for the fact that it's actually not told from Ada. Ada to us is almost a, another person. Yeah, she's like a third person. She's a third person like, in all of this because mm. it's all, we're, we're always, um, we're always finding out what is being told to her, mm-hmm. what is happening to her, but not from her perspective. She has conversations with these gods in the marble room, which is uh, referred to as her mind. It's always the marble room. And it's sometimes you literally like visualize different people having these conversations. And there comes a point in the book actually where, you know, so Ada, she's at home, she grows up. And when you're, when she's younger, she, these spirits and these gods are not fully, don't have full agency. And when she moves to America to study, um, at university and so college that's when they start taking and they start having more potency on, on her life and her reality making her do things but I think also rather than taking it literally I think the whole idea of multiple personality disorder the idea of um, 
even like self-harming because these gods apparently are only appeased through blood essentially their sole goal is to kill her yeah. the Obanje they are like they inhabit children who come and go children mm-hmm. who die because mm-hmm. their whole thing is just we need to go back mm-hmm. to the other side mm-hmm. but we've almost slipped into this world mm-hmm. through this vessel and how do we go back to the other side we have to kill her mm-hmm. and what um, Ada does a lot is you know cut herself cut others mm-hmm. um, there, was, there was that point in the book where there was a boy she just moved to America there was a boy who I think broke into a door or yeah, a window yeah, 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 yeah. and they were everyone her friend was you know trying to find him yeah, yeah. and she went up the stairs to see where the blood was and there was this point where she literally just put her finger on the blood yeah and I was like, that was the point where I was like, this, this is, is this is not this is this, this is, is mad. I thought like, this is a different kind of story. <laughs> um, and I think it's like, then I think that just in general with regards to the story itself, I think that it was really well placed in when we when we talk about mental health and we talk yeah. about different things because yeah. I'm at the point in the book where um, she's in therapy mm. and the, the, like, I don't know if you've reached that bit yet but like there's a bit where there's the two of Angie yeah. and they're talking which one is it Vincent or the two so Vincent, Vincent's chilling Vincent, yeah Vincent's like, don't do nothing Vincent's like I'm just I, I don't have agency of the body therefore yeah, I'm just gonna yeah do, all know. of you guys are chatting 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 yeah. I'm here just to do what I want <laughs> to do do you see what I mean yeah. but I think there's I think he said I think it, what do you call it Adija Adida I cannot remember the name properly but I Who, think Ada no Ada's the the, the, girl. Vessel, the, the girl the vessel and then the two um, there's the two bunch there's, there's a, obviously there's Shadow and um, and then there's Asa something but Asa I think, yeah, 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 but yeah I think Asida I think her name was and, I um, and it's like, but anyway but they're just like why did you go to therapy why did you tell why did you tell her about us yeah why, like, what have you been saying don't go back don't do this don't do X, yeah. Y and Z and that is like, and a lot of us have been through those kind of thoughts, especially when we're when we when we've been to therapy and had those conversations. It's like, why am I doing this? Exactly. So, like, your vessel is saying, "I need to go to." The, I need to, your, like your main, your first, your first point of consciousness is like, "I need to go to therapy because I, you I, yourself, yeah, yeah. I myself cannot yeah. make or manage this this conversation by myself. So I need to talk about it." And um, there was a point where she put that she. Um, revealed the names of the banjo yeah. and and then one of the guys is like why does she know our name oh man why does she know our name though? yeah like why are you talking why, why are you talking about business why are you talking about business, you talking about business? don't go back there again and then, yeah. and then she's like no but she's like listen to me don't go back there again you know what I mean yeah. they have that they have that huge control of her spirit and I think that that's a really I think it was a really interesting way to to kind of navigate both the mythical well the mythical the most the mystical sorry yeah and the and the realistic, I guess that's subjective, but in that sense, like trying to trying to marry the two, mm-hmm. I think it's really it's really a really interesting way to look at it. The Obanji, um, Asugara, that's it. Asugara, yeah. But they, the thing is, right? They were like when you say they were malevol- malevolent spirits, like they are actually quite. They look after her a lot. They do, they, they do protect her. So, yeah. for example, when she's in a position where she's not. Um, she's not making a decision or she's not actually being forthright or being strong. They take over. Quote, unquote. They take over the situation. There are various conversations that she's having with various guys that she's been with and, you know, a part of her loves, like, the, the, like, they've, they've had several discussions about love and whatnot. Yeah. And, like, the original vessel say Ada loves this guy or whatever, but the Obanje is saying, no, we don't love her. We don't love him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? I want to see him suffer. I want to see him go through some pain. I want to see, like, yeah. I, I did this to kind of, like, annoy him, but that's not her character. Yeah. So she's, so you're finding, like, the division between the two, between the three, I thought it was quite interesting that, um, the way how, even when, with regards to 
her intimacy with men, mm. um, sometimes the inner gods do not know what Ada is thinking. And there was a point where, so she basically gets this toxic guy, um, I would say the cells. They, you know, fall in love with this, what's his name, Eon? Ewan. Ewan? Ewan. Ewan. Yeah. The Irish guy. (laughs) They, um, they really like this guy and he's very unstable seeing another woman. Um, He's with with another woman. He's with another woman. And, she like the cells really loved this one mm-hmm. because they this one was just as toxic as them mm-hmm. it was rough with with um at well with, with the cells you know and so they were like oh okay well when ewan said actually bye i'm, I'm out here mm-hmm. um <laughs> she um the cells took over and they were like, oh, we're hurt. So even the gods have a sort of ego, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were really, really hurt. Mm-hmm. And so they went after the older brother who was more Adder, more peaceful, more yeah. calm, who actually Adder really fell in love with. Mm-hmm. And what I found hilarious was um, once this whole section has been narrated, the gods inside of her turned around and said, oh, didn't realize that Adder was actually in love with, with him. Interesting. Who didn't know that? Yeah. And it was like, wow. Mm, I think it's one of the, it is it is really it is really different. They were they were really the the banjo were really they were hell bent on going through this really reckless phase with Adam. And I think it's also the, the age that she was in. And I and that's why I think that this book is really quite interesting with regards to um people mm-hmm. and how we think in our mental health because mm-hmm. when she was younger the Obanjo were very um timid. They were quiet, they were laying low. They'll come out once in a while when something happens, whether it's a car accident or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, you know, her mother moving to Saudi Arabia and leaving her for like so mm. many years. But when she reached that teenage phase, that young adult phase where you're finding yourself all like, it's almost like the gods were also adolescents. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they were just like. Because the thing is, like, the thing is they, they grow up with you. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're an adolescent and you're just doing stuff, you, wanna, like, you know what I mean? Like you have no inhibition, like your inhibitions are different. You yeah. want to try X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she's talking about, oh, I want to like, just fuck me, fuck me hard. Yeah. Like, Calm down. Like, you went there to study and now you're out here doing it. Mad. This is what happens every first year of uni student can relate, you know? So, mate. Oh my God, but I was in church, so I don't know about everybody else, to be honest. Um, you know, pure, pure. Yeah. I also think that um, what was really, what I really found interesting about this book is and why I think um, Emezi is super talented mm-hmm. is the narrative style that it's told through. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, it's very we. And um, and it's told from the point of view of the gods, but as one, mm-hmm. not like individuals. And then, this is when, when she's in Nigeria and mm-hmm. growing up with her family and her sort of issues that she has with um, relatives and stuff. And when Ada is moved to... America and the the Wahala star it starts <laughs> we get a, a different sort of narrative voice um, which is Asugara or I think that's mm-hmm. we might we literally I feel like we're butchering all the yeah, names I'm so, <laughs> I'm so sorry literally however and then that one is took on a more almost maternal voice in that I, we're look, I'm looking after you mm-hmm. um I've got you protected. I know what's best. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you're calm and timid, but let's let's make all of these decisions. It's fine. And it took on a more personal, the gods were almost embodied 
in this one person and it was I, I, I rather than we and us and you and that separation was very distinct and it was beautiful the way it happened and then when the new gods enter um, so there was a part where we find out about um, St. Vincent who is as I said a, a male sort of force and this is the thing that makes Ada question her sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really see Vincent as a god. I don't even think he was. It was he, I think it was almost described as uh, this smoke or fog um, without a, a, a shape because um, Vincent was unable to take hold of Ada's body to do um, his bidding. It was only in dreams, in Ada's dreams, that Vincent can play and playing means getting with women, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a point where Ada even went to a friend who she found vaguely attractive and, mm-hmm. and proposed an idea. And it was quite vague the way that, that it was written. But basically the idea was like, yeah. cool, let's, let's, let's go do it. And, yeah. and the girl was like, no, 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 I'm not about that life. And she was very disappointed and, and hurt. But it's all of these things that make me think, I personally think it's not really literal. It's more so like, how do you handle, I think um, Amezi says in an article in The Guardian, like how do you handle and go through life when mm. gods have been placed inside you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And essentially we all have these gods and beings and, and, and different selves and we have to maneuver life with yeah. these voices trying to protect us and at the same time destroy us. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, what <laughs> what she consistently what was consistently said um, in the book was that um, oh, these human feelings, these human emotions, yeah. these human experiences are so like boring. Yeah. <laughs> like you guys are so boring. Like, you know what I mean? Like when they're discussing the father and they're discussing Soul. the mother, Saul and Sachi yeah. and whatnot, and like the development of the relationship and like how it happened at first, you know, they're both yeah. in love and they're all these different things and then they have the child. And um, it was almost like these human beings and human life was second. Right, exactly. And it was just, like, you guys are so inferior, you have like, no idea. Exactly, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, this is just like, you don't know what's, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. We need to actually make, like, we need to make this child because um, we want to do this and this child's yeah. doing that and we can't actually just have a living this boring, banal existence. Wasn't it so interesting when um, when um, Ada moved to the States and she was missing her father and her cousins and she literally, like, the gods took over and they were like, what's wrong with you? Okay, fine. I think Ada's a clip. Oh, you want, you want to know why you miss them? This is why you miss them. Fine, I will fulfill your desire. Yeah. Fine, you want to feel sad? Great. Yeah. Let We'll make you feel better. We'll do all these things. You don't want to miss him? There you go. Now look, you don't miss him. How does that feel? Great. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, yeah, we will do all of these things yeah. for you. Yeah. And it's almost inconvenient. It's, it's hilarious. They, it's I love they, it. It's literally how they manage, it's how they manage their, their emotions that, yeah. sh- that Ada is going through. Yeah. Because what they want to do is just... They they don't want to they don't want to spend time feeling. They want things. they want to get blood. There was even, there was even a line in it when and, um, I was talking about how um, when uh, when she made love to um, Ewan. Yeah. And then um, one of the spirit was like, oh, can we just not can we not say make love? Can oh say, yeah. Can, can we, we just say like have sex passionately? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, but there was still passion in it. She's like, yeah. I mean, fine. but we're not gonna be like making love. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because she's sitting like down, like it's like she's entered once she's entered into the marble room that's her mind. The marble room. She's yeah. sitting there and she's like. And what she, do you think? Yeah, she's literally there having three, you know, like conversation with yeah. these people. And it's really funny because sometimes when you when you have a when you have multiple moods, 
in your multiple <laughs> moods. Sometimes it is like that, isn't it? Like, yeah. You are sitting down with, okay, how does the Alex of Wednesday feel with the Alex of Friday? <laughs> and we're going to have like a council meeting about like, you know, like, okay, so you experienced this last year. Now, we're going to talk to each one of the Alexes and just figure out... And see and what f- they're on. Figure out, like, and how to learn and how to yeah. learn X, Y, and Z. So um, it's actually quite funny the way that that goes because a lot of people can, exper- can, can experience it and has experienced it. So what and, do you think about balancing these spirits and these gods inside your marble room? Like, how... Is there a way that um, Ada could have dealt with them mm. that you think that... Or is it that it's so serious that it's actually, we actually have to take it literally? Because she, you know, she needed, she was, she was doing, she was harming herself as a form of relief. Like she, the, the gods even said, like, um, we need blood to be appeased. Blood is a form of sacrifice. We need to be like, we need a sacrifice to appease us um, immediately because our goal is to go over the other side. So that's why for me, this whole book was very much um, enshrouded and, in, in in the idea of mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, because I guess in the literal sense, there is that traditional aspect of the Obanji and um, what, what people may have believed in in the past and what they believe in now. And I think there's even an, um, the idea of actually these children that come and go, um, these spirits was, was almost like um, un- unknown illnesses like sickle cell anemia which will take young children's lives and because it was hereditary you will have children and they'll get it and they'll die young and other children they'll get it and they die young Mm -hmm. and maybe this is where the idea of the obanji and 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 the children that come and go came from Mm um or is it the, the the or is this book more theoretical in that it, it is just these things are just signifiers for mental health issues is it signifying self-harming is it a signify signification of um personality disorders or is, is it just a, a management of who you are and the many different voices slash gods that reside in you mm. i do think it's a it's a great it's a great challenge for like black spirituality and and you know afro african caribbean spirituality just with the with the thought of um, you know, when we talk about spirits and we talk about these things and how they are very much ingrained into our life, mm-hmm. and um, obviously it's slightly different to the Western mindset of spirituality yeah. and stuff. I mean, if we think about things fall apart, and they were um, you, they would put like twins in the in the forest because they thought that they were evil and whatnot, and obviously that changed through our history over time. Imperialism mindsets changed and whatnot. Yeah, it's all about trying to trying to kind of like marry the two, trying to like figure out that, you know, the the spirit, the spiritual realm, whatever you believe, and whatever your mindset and whatever your thoughts on that yeah. can impact your human life. Yeah. Um, I'm, cause I was, I'm a big believer of like, you know, past lives, yeah. ancestral, you know, I mean, like I, I, I there's sometimes I sit down and I'm like, well, my ancestors are watching me today because there's sometimes, there's some things that you can't explain. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what I mean? Like, and it's, and you know, and everyone tries to make sense of the of what you can't explain. Some people choose science, some people don't. Yep. And it's um, and in a sense, like science is a, is a form of belief and spirituality because there's only so much that you can. Scientific theory gets displaced all the time. Exactly. They're constantly coming it, out with new theories. It's that, always changing. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And like, I mean, and I do think they kind of marry. They they do kind of 
whether it be like a neurochemical imbalance yeah. or whether it be a metaphysical reaction to like something in the I don't know who said that. It might have been Bertrand Russell who said that philosophy is the the meeting grounds for, for science and religion. There we go. It's, it's that spiritual exactly. science that come together. It's about, it's, it's about the questioning of life and yeah. like what we experience. Everybody experiences it differently, but Lord knows that we're all going to end up in the same place. So in, regards the, to in a sense then, it's quite interesting that this book placed African or West African specifically, um, Nigerian, and then in that there's a whole you know category of but we could take it as an overall because there are very very different cultures in in the continent of africa that have very different spiritual uh, beliefs mm-hmm. however what i thought was great is that it put these things in the modern realm mm-hmm. because when we always talk about african spirituality black spirituality if you want to go there and broaden it out like that it's always mixed with the magical and almost we almost talk about it as if it's part oh my stomach is rambling oh my god that is hilarious wow that was big did you so hear it? hungry yeah, you're did you hear it yeah <laughs> um, girl get some food in oh you. man okay yeah so basically when we always talk about african spirituality or you know in the wider sense black spirituality it's always um married with with the past or it's almost married with the magical plane in which we can't even access and if we do oh it's juju therefore it's automatically it's negative yeah. it's automatically has this sinful aspect of it mm-hmm. or just just a almost you almost recoil you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. oh something bad has happened that is unexplainable oh yeah it's, yeah. it's black magic yeah. it's yeah. juju it's witchcraft mm-hmm. and um, what I loved about this was it did take something that was a belief system that could be seen as very magical um, and placed it in the modern day in yeah. modern day Nigeria yeah. in modern day yeah. I mean, western but worlds we also you know? have to look at it and take the good with the bad do you know what I mean so the good side of it I mean it's looking as if you know what I said about you know ancestral protection all but that not stuff. many people know about but, the good you but know? The, yeah not many people know about the good but because it's only the bad that people focus on because even even um, on the news yesterday I was watching on the news on Friday I was watching um what was it uh the woman there's a, a the first woman mother who'd been arrested for FGM or been sent to prison yeah, for FGM yeah. and she had written like she'd written a spell in her house to protect her from being from being like kept by the authorities or whatever and like she was like trying to trying to do all of that and she was on a three-year-old girl she was doing the FGM oh, and it was horrible yeah but it's like you know you've got the spiritual yeah, so you got spiritual, mental health. What is what's the crossover? Yeah. Do you see what I mean? And it's like you look at it and you think, oh my god, how could you do that to your child? But at the same time, you don't know what kind. Of, if we're looking for it, if we're basing it on the book, what the book says, these malevolent spirits inside you are saying you need to you do, need to do with, this because yeah, no, you're not seeing the the. And we automatically think of that as insanity. Exactly. So it's I guess the, the bigger question is who knows? Who knows? I like, you know, I mean, who knows what these, these bigger questions are? Oh, Allah knows. Right. Please. There we go. You know what I mean? Like, um, but no, I, I really like the, the, the marrying of, of those two worlds, actually, of, of the sort of magical and the, the modern, because we don't have much modern magic, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if it is, it's not very, it's not in a book, and we, it's not from a perspective of that that spiritual being. Um, but yeah, I really like this book. Yeah. 
What did you? I, I really did. I, yeah, like I, I thought I, this I book like was this. very different. The narrative I like voice. I like this book. It's beautifully written. Oh, uh, phenomenally amazing written. Long, amazing long sentences, which are very Toni Morrison esque. No, don't go there, man. Like long, don't never, go never, there. Never, it's like. Never, I think that I think that she does it in her own way. Like okay, so Toni Morrison has long sentences, yeah, and like superfluous, like beautifully written, crafted sentences. But whatever. her language was. But that? her language. But I'm saying, but her language. I mean, her language. Their language was very, 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 yeah. very important, and in the way that she kind of they kind of did it was that it was very specific to their genre to their story that they were giving and I really really enjoyed listening to it yeah in particular because yeah I enjoyed listening to it although I just didn't get I really wanted to read some things out Mm -hmm. and I just didn't like get to because I wasn't like Mm -hmm. you know I couldn't write it down but um, yeah is there anything you didn't like about it Man, it was intense. It was intense. There were just some intense bits that I had to just, I had to just like, I was like, wow, you are moving mad. Yeah. Completely. What, but, what, what do you mean? Like, give so me like, an example. Okay, so for example, the way that they were describing sexual acts, the way that they right. were describing um, the, like, the bleeding, the blood constantly, and like, thinking about blood itself. I don't necessarily like thinking about it, mm. to be honest. But it's something that courses through all of our all of our bodies and our yeah. veins. And I don't like blood itself, but for obviously for women, it's a huge part yeah. of your life as women. Yeah. You see what I mean? So it, it's 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 that kind of it's that kind of thing. And obviously, the real impacts of having relationships where. Um, you know, they the men are using women's bodies as vessels for various things, and it's like um, Ada had a relationship with um, Soren, yeah, uh, Eritrean Danish guy, whatever, um, and they were very, they had a very like toxic relationship. Yeah. Obviously, the Vanjie were in control of particular things, and but Ada kind of like let her body just become something for him to yeah. to just use, yeah, and. Um, yeah, it just—it was very visceral. It was very, very intense. And, I, and so, part of me listening to that was like, oh, it's cringy. Is, oh, yeah, this yeah. Is like, this is this is like you know, yeah. It was just—it wasn't cringy. It was more like it was just a discomfort that you kind of had to be kind of okay with because that is a reality for a lot of people when they're being intimate. Yeah. And um, I actually realised that we've actually come across the Obanje in Things Fall Apart, actually, mm-hmm. in. Um, you know, one of Okonko's daughters, um, Azinma, who actually, um, all of all of his children would die at infancy and she was the one that kind of stayed for a bit. Um, and she was referred, like people in the community would, would think that she was um, right. one of these spirits. But I actually wanted to ask you something about, which I found really interesting really listening to this book. <laughs> and it's about the black African-American and the uh, black African-American and the black person outside of America um, um, scope and interaction. Mm-hmm. So in this book, when um, um, Ada moves to the States, mm-hmm. she goes to a college and the African-Americans kind of welcome her in. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they straighten her hair and perm it up. And, oh, okay. And then they realise that she's a bit different because she, I don't know, listens to Linkin Park and she's not... African American. Essentially, she doesn't. That's not her culture, um, and so she actually navigated to the. Oh, crying out loud, my stomach is just rumbling. She navigated more to the international students, um, whether they were black or not black, um, and it really just raised up this question of how, you know, African Americans and how maybe, as a black African or as a black Caribbean, um, 
how this communication with the diaspora in America is almost marred because we we are just so very different and our culture is very different. And obviously I've seen discussions on Twitter and other places where, you know, African-Americans think they invent, invented black culture. <laughs> um, and whether they'll get mad at the fact that black British people are playing African-American people in movies and there's a whole big discussion of their past struggles and how we just do not understand. And I do believe that we just do not understand it mm-hmm. coming from... Um, people that maybe were not enslaved or people that were enslaved and then um, resided in in um, the, the Caribbeans, etc. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted to, because there was a disparity there. Mm-hmm. I think Amezi was making that point very clear in that there is a different type of blackness when we talk about these different identities mm-hmm. of being black African, For sure. black Caribbean and black African American. For sure. And I think that there's more of those stories do need to be... Um, you need to be told and that's why I'm like really happy that a lot of these people from the diasporic world yeah. are writing more of these stories um, like when Lexia Arthur's with Heart of, Heart of Love a Jamaican and you know this book Freshwater all of those books like they make they make it clear that you can be in America you can be in the UK but not be British and not be American and it's really and it really kind of like opens up the, the gates for that discussion mm-hmm. and other things that we need to discuss because you know if you're if you're an African in America and you're just automatically assumed to be African American there's a there's a there's a disruption in that thinking mm. there's a problem because you are also very different to a black African American exactly like exactly have a different identity. exactly so you know we either liking Lincoln Park for example she's liking Lincoln Park because it's a Western phenomenon that's mm-hmm. just nothing to do with where she's from in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? Like, it, it's not, it shouldn't be a problem. If I, you know what I mean? It shouldn't be a problem. But then um, how do we communicate that to like, within our own communities? Because currently, taking it outside, I think it, my question is more like a communication between the different identities of the fact that being black is not this monolith. We are, just because we are all black, we do not have, we don't all have the same lives and the same mm-hmm. cultures, same upbringings. And so I do think that outside people, when we're, you know, maybe when we are put on the world front and white people will look at us and be like, oh, they're black. Although I definitely do think that white people are much more smarter than they actually portray to be. And it's just on purpose at the fact that they do this. <laughs> they literally like, listen, like, you know, don't chat shit, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like you are, like, you know, you're just being stupid mm. because you're lazy and that's what you're used to, to be, you know, everything just needs to come easy for you. That's not how yeah, it is. Laziness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. If you wanted to learn, you will learn in it. It's mm-hmm. not that hard to understand that there are different types of people. There's different ways to be black, yeah. essentially. And I think that we as a community need to, even not we as a community, but different communities within blackness need to kind of understand that we're not the same, mm-hmm. but then it shouldn't be that we should be ostracizing ourselves because no. I do feel like the the you know the college students and the black African Americans almost ostracized her in a way because yeah. they were like wait what you're different you're different you know yeah. just because you're you're black you're not actually black 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 yeah. you know but then at the same time I even have a problem with that because what is it to be black black again in America in it, in it the, I think black as an ethnicity black is an ethnicity rather than 
just the race. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So when they say black, they mean African American culture. Yeah. So if you say, oh, you're black, you really embody the African American culture. But from the diasporic point of view, being black nice. is the race, and then the ethnicity is West Indian. Do you think? Ethnicity is yeah, that's true. Ibo, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because in Africa, like you know, we're black, but we 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 are from different countries. All of these different we speak countries. different languages. We have different cultures. We have different food. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if you go to America. Yeah. Black Southern food or... Black Southern food is just the African-American... The African-American idea of... Yeah, that's you know? true. Because you can have Southern food, but Southern is also, like, obviously, there are white people in the South, too. Yeah. So they have a particular yeah. Southern culture that, that goes with it. Yeah. It's a really, really hard to get into, but I guess... It's a good discussion to have. Yeah, though, yeah. yeah, definitely. I think that the books like this interrogate that. Yeah. And we need to continue interrogating that, because if we don't, we just live in this con- constant state of madness of nobody knowing what's, go- what's going on. Yeah. I really like this book, actually. Yeah, really love this book. So, yeah, make sure that you simmer the gods inside you and you, you sit down in your marble room and you have a conversation with them, guys, because sometimes they'll have you doing a madness yep me my gods they have been vetted some are even outside my kingdom of peace because they can't you know you're in a gods you just have to just be like you yeah you you yeah you victoria get out (laughs) victoria this reminds me of um split have you seen split no i haven't seen split but i did go and see glass and i really enjoyed it you enjoyed glass yeah i think it's right when you watch split i watched i'm gonna watch split it freaked me the hell out. Was is he not incredible? Amazing actor. Like yeah. phenomenal. Um, um, wow. Yeah, if it's, if it, basically, if you haven't seen Split, like it's, it's got my favorite know, James McAvoy. James McAvoy's in it. Who has twenty three personalities? 20, oh my god! And these personalities and the way he does them all. Oh, just phenomenal. Particularly. Who's your favorite? Mr. Trisha. Oh, I love Patricia. She's, she's actually funny. Patricia is a dog. Like, she scares the hell out of me. No, no, let's get no. Hedwig scared the hell out of me. But Hedwig is the nine year old boy. No, 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 no. He's yeah. hilarious. He's like, he didn't scare me. No, he scared me at first. Mr. Twister. No, no, he scared oh, me. Mr. Twister. <laughs> he scared me because he when the, it's like, oh, if you haven't seen Split, but in Split. No, no, when, they, they have them in. What? Well, no, you can. Sorry. I don't know. But when, there's a scene in Split where the girls like they wake up and they and they're like, oh my god, look at the door, and you look at the door, and then you have got Hedwig sitting there like this. Like, just sitting there, like, chilling. He's like, hello. And, and it's scary because it's a grown man portraying a young boy. And he's actually a young boy. And if it was a young boy doing that, you'd yeah. oh, it's a young boy, do you know what I mean? But it's a, it's a big man. It's a big man. He's just like, anyway. Miss Patricia's amazing. Miss Patricia is scary as yeah. hell with her poncho. And the beast, what I love about it is, <laughs> the beast actually physically changes. Yeah. And I think that is phenomenal. The fact that how whatever is in your mind mm. manifests in your body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought that was just absolutely watch, phenomenal. Watch Split ASAP. Okay. And we can discuss it next week. Okay, oh, that's perfect. All right, guys. And that, that moves us swiftly. So yeah, guys, we discussed Fresh Water yeah. by Aquake Amezi. It was out. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Um, last year? Yeah, I think it was like last year. Yeah, like Feb last year. Yeah. Make sure you cop it. It's a really interesting book. Really amazing book. Um, okay, let's move on. Let's move so, on. So, uh, we're mostly flicks now. Um, <laughs> we actually, we have an interview with Boots Riley that we're going to share with you guys share in a moment. Guys. But before we get to that interview, um, kind of want to just introduce obviously so similar to what what you're reading we just want to do what What you're watching watching. um, and what have you been watching on um, the TV cinema whatever and obviously feel free to share what you guys have been watching what have you been watching Alex I've been watching I've been killing off Netflix yeah because I've been really really just (sighs) yeah so I've been um I've been going through. I want. I watched Sex Education. Oh, um, I haven't. Is it really good? People have been talking about it, so but I don't know. So basically, it is pretty. It is very good. Um, it's very well written. I think it's well written. Yeah. It's well portrayed. The only thing that I would say is confusing would be confusing for a viewer mm-hmm. that is British slash Amer- any American and British. Isn't viewer. it a British? But then it's set. So basically, it's. Um, so it's set in this school, I what the school's name is, but it's set in this school, this like sixth form college. Mm-hmm. And um, the college is very Americanized, as in there's lockers, there's varsity jackets, there's no what? uniform, there's no uniform. But that's not, that's not. That's not British. No, no, that's not, um, that's not unnormal. It is for a British school, do you see what I mean? Because British schools do have lockers. Well, yeah, our ones do, yeah, but yeah. a little not. I mean, British schools do have lockers. We don't wear varsity stuff. Though. And when you're in sixth, so yeah, that's the thing. When you're in sixth form, you don't have to wear necessarily a uniform. But actually, sixth forms you do. It's colleges that you don't. Yeah, so it's, it's a college. For no, so, or sixth form you do. You have to wear smart clothes. It's, 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 a, yeah. sixth, it's a sixth form college. So oh, okay. Yeah, you it's, don't as have to you, wear. it's as if you've left secondary school and you're going to okay, college. Okay, sure. But varsity. Um, for American listeners, for American listeners, the college system in the UK is between the ages of seventeen and eighteen. Sixteen. 16 and 18. Yeah. So you can leave your our secondary school 
and go to college, but so, we can stay on yeah. to sixth form, which is the last two years of secondary So basically education. college is senior year of high school. Yeah, so yeah. It's senior year of high school. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that was really interesting. But like, obviously there were varsity jackets, there were- uh, Who did this? I don't know, like it was- It's uh, a bit mad. Was, oh, Are they trying to like, maybe do both, you know, the States and so, UK? So what it is, so the whole thing is set in, uh, but it's, it's it was filmed in South Wales. It was, South Wales. Okay. it was filmed in Wales. So they've got rolling countryside, like picturesque things. I'm sorry, that's not, that's that's but, not a college. No, 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 no. But like, it is college. In like, Britain, come on. In, the, in, in Wales. So, like, it had all of that. Do they have Welsh accents? Some people do. Okay. Some people don't. Yeah. Um, and because what they're doing, they don't, they don't say it's in Wales, but okay. they just say it's a British thing. So what it is, it kind of draws in the American idea, mm-hmm. but with the British system, mm-hmm. and it marries the two. So, for example, if we're looking at something like the in-betweeners and skins, if we, right. if we merge those two together... Is the in-betweeners US? The in-between is, is originally UK. Ah. And, but what they did, when, whenever we think about the British school system on TV, it's quite dull, it's quite like... Grey. Quite grey, because that's what it is. We're all in uniform. Yeah, it's, and, it's like, we have dull and grey. Basic canteens or whatever. Yeah. Whereas they have the... Um, in the in sex education, which um, they have, like, you know, the sixth form common rooms, which is what you would get in a normal sixth form. Yeah. They have, like, the, the assemblies and all that stuff. So it's, it, it, it is really British, but it has the American tone to it. Brilliant show. Um, very much about... Ha, Sex. Ha, Hina. Ha, Hina. Like, you know. Sorry, I saw a Netflix video of that guy. What's his name? The only black guy in the show. I think. Yeah, and Kuti. I mm-hmm. think his name's Kuti. Yeah. And he said that he's um, he stands Grace Agilore, who is like this yeah. YouTuber who I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been like watching her videos it, from that from that clip. I just went yeah. back and just rewatched her stuff. Yeah, it's great. Like it's an amazing it's an amazing show. Um, what else have I been watching on there? Let me have a think. Yeah. And uh, so what have you been watching? I've been well, literally, I. <laughs> Binged friends from college. So did I. I I don't even know what to say to you, Alex, because I'm just disgusted, <laughs> abhorred. So basically, friends from college is basically follows the lives of um, Ethan, Lisa, Sam, Nick, Max, and Marianne. They are friends they are from Harvard, and they're like currently in their like 40s, etc. And it's a mess. Mm-mm. They're in New York, and two they of are them big people. Big people. So Ethan is married to. Um, Lisa, is it Lisa? Mm-hmm. And so he's, has um, been having an affair with Sam for the past, since they were at uni fam, since they were at 20 Harvard, 20 years. years from, but then you also have this wife and they, I felt disgusted and they they all, like I was like, oh, like maybe this one's better. Maybe Marianne is mine. Marianne is just mad at your big age, putting up these dumb ass shirt theater shows <laughs> that are so like abstract. They don't even make sense. And no one comes to watch them, but your it friends. And like, they're all mad. And yeah, it's just about these, the relationship between these like five people <clears throat> and it, do you know what? Yeah, it makes you realise that how morally corrupt relationships are amongst groups of friends. Exactly. And I'm like, is this people? Because I like, I like having a moral high ground. You know, mm-hmm. I like being sanctimonious. Yeah, and I lord it over people, just, and it makes me feel good about just, myself. I was like, just don't. <laughs> but why are you all mad? <laughs> I was like, why are you all? Why so do you feel so basically like? You've got, oh. So basically, you've got Lisa, who's married to Ethan. Ethan is having an affair with Sam. With Sam. 
with Sam. Mm-hmm. Sam is married to some next man who's not in the friendship group, which is fine. No, but, he, um, but he's, he's in Grey's Anatomy right now. But he's in Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, he is. He's the yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I remember trying to figure out where his face was from. Yeah. Um, so he's there today, whatever. And then, but you got Lisa, who's got a childhood crush. Childhood crush is Nick. Yeah. Nick is super rich and is a trust and jobless and, job and has free. teeth that he needs to fix. <laughs> I didn't say that. Marianne is is this waif walking around. She's just mad. And Max, in this big house, like, how do you can you afford that? And Max is um, Max uh, is, 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 is Ethan's a, bestie. Is also his agent because Ethan's a writer. Because you know all writers are mad. <laughs> I've realised anybody no, 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 that tries no, to, to be a writer to is honest, mad. To be honest, Ethan's serious about the writing do you know oh, I mean? he wants to he wants to write literature, yeah, he wants to write literature but now he's into YA because that's the only thing that can but, sell no, no, no. he's not into YA he's like the agent told like Max told him that YA <gasps> is what he needs to do yeah. for example and the thing is like sometimes it's a question like, on that on that kind of topic I was like that's when I saw Ethan a bit, bit more like respect with, 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 like astute that's like I want to write what I want to write and this is what I'm going to do etc but people didn't really respect him <gasps> or his writing and, and so, guys so <laughs> Lisa is um, wants a baby yeah Ethan isn't too keen on the idea anyway yeah, should we spoil it or nah? Yeah, let's not. Okay. Well, it's just madness what happens at the end. Mm, because yeah, it's just, just crazy. And I was thinking, Ill. I was like, oh my God, it's finished. <laughs> I was like, what? There should be more. I literally like binged it in a day and I, I kept on tweeting about how disgusted I am, yet I would still continue to the next episode. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm watching. And I'm also actually re-watching Friends because I realised that I actually never really watched it from beginning to end. But you're still watching Friends though? I'm still watching Friends. I've gotten to the part where... Um, what's happened um rachel and ross are having some issues because you know Still. they have just had emma emma's like a year and a year old a year and a half oh, okay um and okay. they're dating other people but it's a mm-hmm. bit odd um Chandler and Monica are still trying for a baby, bless them. Oh, yeah. Um, that was heartbreaking, actually. Jerry because... is still a bit Jerry. Yeah, Nothing I mean... substantial about him. But it's another one of those... It's literally another one of those... When, when you look at all the, all, the, all the TV shows about friends, they're after friends. It's just friends. You're just like, nothing, really? can, nothing can really match Because friends. really, friends from college is friends. It's friends, but they're 20 years down the line, yeah. for example. So everything's trying to find a new spin on it. I was watching The Big Bang Theory. They're friends, they're in their 30s. Yeah. And it's like... But it's like they're all... They don't necessarily have their lives together, but they are all in particular um, professions and all these different I things. I would have loved it, though, if obviously... We always talk about the diversity in Friends and how just obviously mm. it was non-existent apart from... Oh, Gab- Gabrielle Union just popped up in a recent episode, actually. Um, she was in it. Yeah. She was a new girl on the block yeah. um, who dated both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and so... But really, like, it's mm. true. We really... I really just really wanted a canon for black people, but it wasn't but as... There was, but, there was, but it wasn't as popular. Like, for me, Girlfriends is my friends. Yeah. Like, no, 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 I love friends, girlfriends. Friends was more or less um, built up with living single. No, built up from living single. See, I never with, watched living single. single. I think because we were too young to kind of, like, yeah. appreciate living single, but... Was that pretty, as popular, though? Much, of course it was. In the 90s, like, late 80s, early 90s, and it's... Who uh, was in living single? Queen Latifah was in it. Um, who else was in living single? But, yeah, I, I uh, never watched like, it, so... Like, you know, it, none of us watched it but because because they were in because it was like a black a black <laughs> show yeah at that time like then we went they weren't going to get the, the same kind of traction so Queen Latifah Kim Coles um, Kim Fields isn't yeah. it? All, them, all, all that stuff and like you know we weren't going to get that so we weren't, probably weren't going to find yeah. That. But then obviously when a white when a white show is when a white show is put on, it's kind of like giving all this money in production and all this different yeah. stuff to it, etc. And I realised that like, every time I watch it, I realise so now, before I was like Chandler's the funniest one. And now I'm like, actually, I really like Rachel. Because Rachel's funny is actually quite sophisticated mm. in that it's very underhanded. Mm. And it's not like 
you know, Chandler at the end just becomes too sarcastic. And it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. could you get any funnier? Mm-hmm. You know? And then Monica, I don't really think is that funny. Mm-hmm. She just screeches a lot, you know? No, I find Monica funny just because she has like these moments. New, new, new yeah, rotating moments. She actually reminds me of me. Yeah. Like, um, she's hilarious. She's hilarious. Joey. It's not funny. He's not funny, he's just stupid. Although, he, there are times when he's funny, but actually he's just stupid. Yeah, he tried and to have a deep moment in season six. But yeah, and then it didn't happen. I just finished that and I was just like, the part where she's trying to fall for like Rachel, and I was yeah. just a bit like, mm, what are you doing? Yeah. And Phoebe is... The great balance, to be honest. She is the great balance, because she does have, she comes with sense. She comes with sense, but, but in she, a not in, sense in way. In an abstract way. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Friends. But, um, Phoebe is the Marianne of Friends from College. There we go. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. they, they, what Friends did was kind of create this, these archetypes for, yeah, the, for the people. Of, of, yeah, of characters. Um, I watched this thing called Timeless. Have you watched it on Netflix? Who's in, who's in so, it? So, I don't know any of the names. I don't think it's anybody um, that is, should be quote unquote well known. But what it is, yeah, Timeless is about, um, it's time travel and is it good? Yeah, it's really good. You know me, I watch stuff like that. It's I really, love time. Like, oh my God. Like, so basically, so it's a, an engineer, a historian and a soldier mm. are commissioned to go in this time machine that's been built like, like underneath, the gov- underneath a government kind of program. And they need to go back in time because another time machine has been stolen and they want to try and alter something in history. So they have to go back in time and start chasing and start chasing this um, this kind of interna- interdimensional time oh, thing. Oh, this and is so good. This is making me salivate. And it's so good, so sick because so, like, so they have the historian because she knows like what, what like what period of history they're going to, and then oh she kind God. of tells them, "Nah, we need to like this has to happen or else this doesn't happen yeah. in history." Oh shit! And then yeah, obviously yeah. the engineer. He's black. He's the driver, and the, the, the captain. Always oh, gonna give us a cabman role. No, no, no. He's the pilot. Yeah, but the thing is, he's an important. He's an important role okay, person. Fine. He? But he's like, <laughs> and he's like, because he knows how to how the machine works, and if it doesn't work, he can't take it. I really wish he was the, the historian. So, yeah, and the, yeah. But then the soldier is also like important because he's he like some next white guy. Yeah, yeah. Because he has yeah. like the he kind of has the, the know how kind of like to get around particular things. Because it gets dangerous. It gets dicey in it. But um, but the thing is like so. They go, so it's a show, not a film. It's a show. It's a show. Okay. So there's two seasons at the minute. I think it's. I think they're kind of on hiatus and they're trying to get the rest of the film, the shows, the episodes. Now. Ooh, I'm excited. Okay, I'm going to watch this because I love some space like, and, and time. Makes, yeah, and it's actually really good because the black guy on there, he's like, oh, um, we're going back in time, but there's literally no place in history in America which is safe for a black person. So where am I going to go? Huh? Mm-hmm. Where am I gonna go? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you're gonna have to come. Do you see what I mean? And so, be our slave? Yeah, no, that's no, so, so they have to go and they have to they have to take on certain personas in particular things. Yeah. Like he has particular mindset. They all have particular they have a twentieth century mindset and they're going back, say, nineteenth century, twentieth yeah. century, all this time. And um, you know, they consider Salem witch trials, the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. To do what to find So basically they, they're chasing this guy who's trying to go through there's an there's an organization that this guy's trying to like destroy, for example. And they're trying to they're trying to chase this guy to kind of stop him from messing up history and time. It's got a guy from uh, 90210. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so messing up all this time and yeah. all this stuff. So they're, they're saying if, you know, if you, for example, if Abraham Lincoln didn't get shot and he was still alive, how would that have affected the, the black people in the South? Because they were freed under the civil right, yeah. under the civil war. Now, as soon as he, when he died, um, it kind of led, it kind of, the, the people that got into power there after, after Lincoln didn't really have the, the slaves' interest at heart yeah. because they were railroaded by the South. And so then obviously that led way to lynchings, all these different things. So when they're going back to that time, they're, they're, they're stuck with a moral dilemma. Do oh, they, shit. do they continue, do they have to let history pan out the way it's supposed to pan out or do they change it? Sick show. Sick show. Okay. It. Love it. Looks Love like it. I found my new show. Thank Love you. It. It's so good. Um, and obviously, the Fire Festival. Oh my God, guys. The Fire Festival, yeah. 
white men and scamming, yeah? yeah? Don't let no one tell you that black people scam. Yeah. Nobody scams harder than a white man <laughs> in this 20, in, in this 20th century, oh whatever, God. legit. I, just, I... <laughs> legit. <laughs> What's his name? Billy. Billy McFarlane or whatever. Billy. Billy. Oh my yeah. God. He fully came in and just useless a whole country. Men lie unprovoked, uh, oh guys. Oh my God. Because so, he didn't need to do this. Okay, guys, watch the Netflix documentary. It's hilarious. We all kind of had an idea what Fire Festival was about. I actually didn't know about it, you know. Um, yeah, I remember we mentioned it. We mentioned it in a previous, yeah, in a previous episode. episode. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know but, what we were talking about. But we were talking, we were talking, <laughs> yeah, what we were like, what we were talking about fire and like, like you know, they basically had, you know, they they had Instagram influencers like saying, oh yes, come to this fire festival. Fire yeah. festival was great, amazing, blah 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 blah. Um, some of them didn't even turn up or go. But of they did. Which has kind of like raised this whole thing about influencers and putting hashtag ad on their stuff and all that. So which which yeah. I thought already happened. The responsibility of influencers, of influencers to actually say, yeah, tell the truth, to like say the tru- tell this, the truth. this is a paid promotion yeah to do stuff i mean like was it kylie jenner was paid a quarter of a million to do that post they didn't even have a quarter of a million to waste did the agency paid that like, the agency paid it or did mad anyway. anyway so shout out to andy from the show because andy had to go through some some bullshit <laughs> andy was andy, <laughs> andy was, was willing to do it all andy was re- you need andy in your team andy was really ready to risk it all for these people <laughs> and um i think it really just goes to show how like you can read like entrepreneurship is you know obviously you need the funds but really you need the charisma because billy was able to do so much because people just blindly believed him yeah. because he is he was somebody that has that he was a you know he was part psycho but part, <laughs> was part psycho. narcissist as well Finish. and with a narcissist when you're dealing with that kind of character you're really dealing with somebody who has so much charisma wit and charm that they will rope you into absolutely anything mm-hmm. and you will blindly follow mm-hmm. because of this personality trait, um, which is what people were doing with him. And yeah. even in the end, when it was impossible and his own staff were like, yo, he was like, no, 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 I'm interested in solutions, not problems. That's what he would say. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, congratulations, Billy, my man. Yeah, yeah. And he still went on and tried to scam people. I was, I was so, you are on I was so it was so hilarious that people actually went. As in people, and the one thing that really annoyed me is the fact that there were people on the island who, like workers, native to the island, were scammed out of money, their hard-earned coin coin because of this man. I don't care about these rich people who were paying £250,000 for a bungalow, yeah? I don't care for their man because clearly you have money to waste. Exactly, basically. But the people that were working to be able to put up Hurricane Katrina tents yeah. for these rich folk and they're, and they're coming, were not paid. They're saying, I'm coming for my money, I'm coming for my money. And Andy, <laughs> Andy again, Andy came with the nonsense. Did you see what Andy said? And he's like, oh my God, I just had to, um, you know, give somebody my clothes. Yes. I just had to run in, I had to go hide in like a boot and just, I'm like, I'm like you lived for drama. You didn't you need to You lived for drama, Andy. Like, Andy's actually talking about, you know, how he had to go and do X, Y, and Z. But you lived for this drama, you chose this. Me, I would have said, well, where is the bottled water, bottled water is in Miami and I will go to Miami to get the bottle water because that's where I'm going and that's where I'm staying. And even when go they got boot. this guy, yeah? yeah? When they got Billy. Billy was doing scams <laughs> with his mates in some big penthouse apartment. <laughs> you're on bail for scamming and you're scamming and whilst on bail. Brazen. He's just White man shameless, privilege. Shameless. This is the kind of confidence I need in this life <laughs> because really... This confidence will, get, will have you in prison. So basically, I think he's like, he can't... Did you watch the Hulu one? I haven't watched it. I haven't one. watched it. I have a link. I'm going to watch it. Okay, because the thing is, obviously, we can't get it over here. But um, I think it's hilarious just that, you know, 
But the thing is, though, if you're going to scam rich people out of the money, you better just know that they've got money to put behind a lawyer. So just understand. <laughs> the lawyer came, like, how many minutes later in the documentary, like, an hour or so, then the lawyer comes through. I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, because the thing is, like, oh, well, I'm suing you. And there's always going to be one person who knows somebody, you know, somebody who, who can sue somebody, you. Who knows somebody, who yeah. Who can sue you and, get you and get their compensation. Oh, what's Billy doing now? Is he still in prison? Or um, I don't know. Is he out? He's a rich white boy. He's probably chilling somewhere. He can't, he can't run a company. He cannot be a director on a company. He cannot be a CEO. Yeah, I think he's just legally not allowed to do that. <laughs> could that make sense? He could be a trustee. God, you legally can't do that. I think yeah. it, just, it just ruins um, it. <sighs> wow. Yeah, so that's what we've been watching. Yeah, um, so here's listen to the amazing... Boots Riley. Boots so, Riley interview. Yeah, so we spoke to him about... Sorry to bother you. Yeah. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. How's it going? Well, we're good, Boots. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. We actually actually Thanks met. For doing this. We actually met. Um, it's a few weeks ago, but I don't know if you remember. Yeah, at the BFI, the drinks reception. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was, hey. I was a tall too. one. <laughs> I, was a, I was a tall one. I was gangling. <laughs> we asked you all about your like um, time here and how you loved South London, and I think it was Packham. Yes. Was it Packham no, or Brixton, like Brixton? Brixton. That's it. Yeah. Oh, I was talking about the first time I went there. Yeah. 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 yeah I remember that. Yeah. yeah cool. <laughs> how's everything now? Yeah. How's everything going? Um, it's going all right. It's you know it hasn't stopped. Mm. So I've been promoting this since that day that I, met. but actually been promoting since uh, two weeks after Sunday. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So so yeah. It's but you know I get to what I get to talk about movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Which all is the time. Cool. I have ideas about them. Right. So you're part yeah. of our mostly flicks section. Uh, for our podcast, okay. and we're going to talk to you about your film. Sorry to bother you. Um, where did where did it come from? Uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> from from me sitting in my telemarketing cubicle, um, vowing revenge on the industry. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was practically your life that you were kind of portraying. No, I, I mean you know it's it it was. I mean that was. The starting point, there were a lot of funny stories from that job. So actually, most of the funny stories from that job didn't make it in because as I was writing it, I realized it really isn't a telemarketing movie. Mm. And um, and uh, yeah, so so it really comes from me wanting to connect that feeling of, you know, what Cassius is talking about at the beginning of the feeling of uh, wanting your life to be about something, wanting to, to know what life is for and wanting to feel more engaged with the world and um and 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 connecting it to the different ways you can do that yeah and one and and in one way there's a there's an individual way and then there's also one that and, and that individual way really isn't individual it just affects the collective in a different way yeah. and then there's another way where you just where you're more consciously involved with the collective yeah you mentioned actually like something quite interesting you said that it wasn't just um it's not just a movie about a guy in telemarketing it's it became something different and when i was watching it that is exactly what I got. It wasn't about what he's able to sell. It's more so his story and actually what, almost like a, a cultural exchange. There were certain parts that I was watching, specifically the part when um, he's at the party um, and everyone's like, oh, you can rap, please rap. Yeah, rap, rap, oh rap. My God. And he's like, I yeah. can't rap because like that's just not how I'm inclined. And mm. then he starts off saying things that will get that type of audience hyped up. And, and, and what he's saying is... Is, is it rap or is it just a, a selling of a, a 
particular culture that is almost fetishized to be cool. Um, yeah. Which I thought was quite... I think he realized, you know, he realizes what they want from mm. him and what what purpose he's serving yeah. up there. And uh, as he is inclined to try to make them happy, yeah. um, he also realizes something about himself. And did you what kind of want to criticize or were you trying to reflect on the the idea of selling out in in just cultural artifacts, whether it's music, whether it's, you know, movies, art or anything? Was was there a, a conscious type of critique on that idea of sticking to the craft, being genuine or selling out and trying to please the audience? Mm. You mean in, in that scene? No, I, th- I think that I'm I'm not just talking about hip hop there. Yeah. I'm not just talking about rap. I'm talking about um w- you know what um what this idea of the performance of blackness is mm. and and that sometimes our performance of what we even say is blackness mm. is a is a response to what we've been told it is. Yeah. And um and 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 what it's sir and, and it's talking about what that sometimes serves in the um, general scheme of things in the context of that film. You know, what, how does that, you know, who is he performing for mm-hmm. and what do we already know about that world yeah. and how does this performance help? them along. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there was a big thing um, in the film about the white voice. So that really <laughs> that really that really brought out a few laughs in the cinema because it I think it triggered a lot of people thinking a lot of black people in particular because yeah. when they are when we are in like professions and we have to be we have to speak in a particular way in order to to be understood was it was it a direct thing that's just saying you know the white voice equals power confidence assuredness and the black voice equals you know insecurity unreliability and and lack of trust yeah yeah, no. What I guess what I was there's there's two levels that it works on. One, when I'm doing when I was doing telemarketing, um, yeah, you wanted to one hide your ethnicity. One for uh to, for a couple reasons. One was uh because you're trying to be like, hey, I'm just like you, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Then two, because of just out and out racism, you wanted them to uh give you your you their credit card and you knew that many of them were racist and wouldn't do that if they knew you were black yeah. Yeah. but separately on a you know a different note it's talking about you know one it's first saying that we all are performing something i don't care what your what your voice is or what your you know it's at the very least this is how my auntie would say it or this is you know what my family does in this situation or whatever it's a performance of some sort but this is investigating also, you know, what whiteness is, mm. which is an idea. It's a, you know, it's it's a performance just as much as anything. It's a created thing. And in this case, uh, when when Danny Glover's character Langston oh, yeah. describes it to, to Cassius, mm. he says, look, there, you know, there really is no white voice. It's what white people think they're supposed to sound like. It's what they wish they sounded like. Mm. And he describes it as this sort of lack of a of problems and this 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 ease with being at ease with where they are in the world and all of that and really this is in in contrast to this is a, a reaction to the uh, to the racist tropes of black folks and people of color that are out there which say the, the, those racist tropes say 
look, black folks are savage. Their family is not organized mm-hmm. in a in a way that helps them out. Mm-hmm. They're uh, they're 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 ignorant. They are you know you know prone to 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 violence in very many ways or whatever. And what that is for, that serves a purpose. That, that's not just random and just ignorance or whatever. It serves a purpose under capitalism. That serves a purpose of saying, look, these folks are impoverished and they are impoverished because of their bad choices. Right, so yeah. what it says is that poverty comes from a, a series of bad choices that the impoverished makes, which is really trying to cover up that poverty is built into capitalism. Mm-hmm. And if you, you cannot have capitalism without having poverty and because you cannot have capitalism without having unemployment. Mm-hmm. If you have full employment, then those with jobs could demand whatever wage they want because you can't threaten their, their jobs. This is something that Wall Street Journal and other mass publications about the economy will even worry about aloud is when, when the, the unemployment rate goes low, they start worrying uh, because that means... You know, simultaneously wages go up Mm -hmm. and stocks go down. So unemployment and poverty is built into the system. How do you explain to the working class that um, poverty is something that has to be there and that you might be that that thing? You don't explain that to the whole working class. You say, look at those others. Mm -hmm. Mm. You don't want to be like them. Blah, blah, blah. Therefore, the reaction is the white voice. And even when black folks are performing that white voice it's a performance that says everything is fine yeah and which is the opposite of the truth for the world can't say for that individual person but for the world it's the opposite of the truth yeah it's, it's quite interesting how you say that it's, it's a performance that tries to say everything is fine because i think there was a particular scene that i quite enjoyed with uh, cassius and and tessa's character when they just woke up in his nice new spanky apartment and, and, and everything he, was clean and yeah fresh and he like the, he, the moment he woke up he turned to her and spoke to her in in his white voice <laughs> and Tessa's mm-hmm. character was like what the fuck are you doing you know um and it was I, I quite enjoyed that because it was it was that boundary that's all of a sudden is getting muddy and you don't know when to perform and when to be your own authentic self anymore. Okay, quick question about the white voice though. <laughs> um, the so it, it sounded so far removed from the actors, but did they did they all each come up with their own version of a white voice? No, no, no. It's overdubbed. Oh, yeah. it's, <laughs> no, no, no. I knew that. Uh, I, thought, Dave, I thought they would have overdubbed it themselves as their own version of a white voice. But no, somebody... no. It's David Cross. David Cross was doing uh, Lakeith Stanfield's oh, okay. white voice. Uh, uh, Patton Oswalt was doing Omari Hardwick's white voice. Right. And Lily James was doing uh, Tessa Thompson's British white yes. voice in the gallery. Ah, and, that's uh, quite interesting. And, and in the movie, it actually is supposed to sound overdubbed to everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They mention when he does it in the bar, they say, wow, that, it sounds like you're overdubbed. <laughs> so I wanted it to be that it needed to be magical because like in superhero movies, they, they they come up with the power that fights what they think is the problem in the world. Mm. So, you know, because many superhero writers think that crime by poor people mm. is the thing that is the problem. They have superheroes with powers to beat people's asses. <laughs> right. And and because that's what, you know, in a fascist society, that's what uh, that kills the crime is the 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 powerful police mm. and so you know so you invent powers that 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 handle the thing that you're saying is the problem in the world well he has a power that has something to do with what i'm saying yeah. is the problem in the world the one thing that really concerned me though like the part of the plot was the whole worry free situation I yeah think that that was that was really uncomfortable yeah. to watch so what was like what made you um 
create that idea because obviously when we're confronted with that on a very modern um, scale in the West, it just brings up all those those yeah. th- those traumatic kind of thoughts of slavery from yeah. years ago. So. Well, um, unfortunately, you know, it's surreal, but the only reason it's surreal and absurdist is because it's happening in the United States in the movie. Mm. But those exact places almost exist mm. all throughout the world. And are in, in U.S., and British corporations are part of making those things happen, you know, in order to to do that. And, and you know, in order, you know, you have places like Foxconn and all that oh, kind okay, of stuff yeah. uh, w- w- where it's happening. So so those things exist already. Mm. Matter of fact, when you look at the the the. Um, the the uh, when we made the floor the the production floor of Worry Free mm. we um, um, copied manufactured landscapes which is this documentary about um, uh, production facilities in China so um, oh wow that you know that that's the absurd mm. part is that it's happening in the United States so these things already exist but what I wanted to point out was what what is the work day really about mm. you know it's it's about us making a profit for making put making a thing that at that 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 creates a profit and the wealth mm. goes to someone else so that was a way to just talk about what capitalism actually is um one of the things that i wanted to touch on actually which i'm still very confused about is um tessa thompson's character when detroit detroit when she's um she's at her show and Mm. she puts on that british accent and that whole section was just absurd but in a way that made me feel a little bit uncomfortable Mm. So I just wanted yeah. you to maybe explain the, the vision that you had um, with her character and what you wanted to portray. Yeah, well, I had uh, spent some time hanging around the scenes of performance art, like uh, this guy Guillermo Gomez-Pena mm-hmm. and Keith Hennessy. And um, so, you know, that, that world became clear to me. But um, different characters in here are handling different contradictions inside of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Tessa's character is handling you know has has a ideological contradiction that has to do with where you know her trying to figure out what her what kind of effect on the world her art can have mm. Mm. and you know and 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 whether you know making these statements or exposing these problems actually does anything and whether art um, and you know that's the thing I'm always asking myself right so you know she does a performance that is just as confusing as that question is mm-hmm. right and that yeah. that that um, that you know she is trying to expose something but the question is what effect does it have mm-hmm. right what 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 does she what lengths does she have to go to and does it end up becoming anything clear or usable or does it end up making other statements about the artist themselves yeah, and- you know so so those are though you know i wanted to have her character have cuz usually uh you have female characters who who have even when they are the lead of a film mm-hmm. their conflict has something to do with what women's conflicts are supposed to be about uh, you okay. know like yeah right mm-hmm. and this is her conflict here is about something higher than what relationship she's in mm-hmm. yeah right? i think those or i won't say higher but different you know yeah. and 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 um that's the thing she's working out yeah i might and notice like her performance um is I think somewhat similar 
she might think it's different, but somewhat similar to uh, to Cassius's performance in the very next scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was quite that that told story when um, I think Cassius turned to Tessa and said um, uh, Detroit and said, um, I mean, what you're doing is also just selling your art to, to rich people, essentially. Yeah. So yeah. where do you where do you draw that line? I think that lit- comparison was was really good. They were literally throwing things at her. <laughs> yeah. On the stage. <laughs> um, um, it was crazy. But what was it like? Yeah. like oh, so go on. Go on. Go ahead. I was going to say, what was it like uh, working with uh, Lakeith and um, Tessa and even Omari? And uh, oh what, yeah, and like, was it what was the chemistry like? Was it a good chemistry on on um, screen as well as off screen? And was it easy to work with oh, them? Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I will say that Omari was like Omari like tries to go hard. He's one of those actors that's like you you know. Um, I won't say method, but he's like, I don't want to hang out with the other actors. I'm only going to hang out with Army. Uh, what, okay. You know, yeah. that maybe, and, but that's, he said that it had to do with his character, but, but really Army had all the weed. So <laughs> that's partly what it was. And, um, Makes and sense. then, and, but, but, but yeah, but everyone loved each other yeah. and hung out after the thing and were on the town in Oakland, people being like, what, what are these folks doing here? Yeah. So that, that was a, a big thing. Like, you know, everyone loved each other, but oh, there was so much, uh, talent and skill and drive and love of art happening as we were filming, as we were preparing, that was like just having these masters go off with each other. And, and, and you know, we, we had no, not only no bad performances, mm. but so many amazing performances, which caused problems in the edit. Like not, not bad problems, but good problems, yeah. right? And um, <clears throat> so there, um, you know, Lakeith, when I hired him, I realized he was different than many actors I had met with for the role. Whereas many actors, especially are at a certain point in their career, they're just like worried about whether they're going to get the good roles, where they're going to get the better role. This role will lead to this other better role. And, you know, like the, in their mind, they, they have it and they just need to be able to show it. Well, Lakeith was someone who he may have been concerned with that as well, yeah. but he definitely was concerned with becoming a better actor. Mm and always being in that role. So the Lakeith Stanfield that I hired in November of 2016 was not as good as the Lakeith Stanfield yeah. that came on set yeah. in June of 2017. Yeah. And and by leaps and bounds. And, 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 you know, we were talking about the character, but he also was just thinking about acting and thinking about human beings, you know, uh, and, and, and he's very observant. Now, that meant, like, all of these folks, you know, are, are like placed to be able to 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 interact with each other in in different ways, and I I also tried to cast against type because one I'm a first time director mm-hmm. and someone who's very experienced could be like you know okay I've done this so many times what do you have to tell me mm-hmm. right so no I cast people playing something different so that they weren't the experts at what they were doing yeah. and we could both build it together yeah and um yeah and there were the you know. Um, it, it was it was a great rapport uh, between all of us. Um, overall, I, I wanted to ask: when people have watched this film and they walk out of the theaters, what what message, what overall message, and I guess what action points do you want them to to carry out from this film once they've once they've watched it? Well, I feel like this film is chaotic <laughs> and crazy, and uh, 
all sorts of things, but I think that it's also very optimistic. Mm. And I think that it's it says that no matter um, what we go through and how this system changes us, we have, even with because of the way this system changes us, we have the ability to fight. Yeah. We have the ability to uh, join together and, and do these things. So I, I, I you know, purposely have in there a suggestion for how um, we can find where our power is. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, and that suggestion is based on the fact that we know how power works. Everybody, no matter whether they're on the right or the left, they, nobody will, will disagree that those with the money have the power. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, nobody will right. disagree. Some may say that those with the money should have the power, but nobody disagrees that those with the money have the power. Yeah. Now, we are the ones that that create that wealth when we're on the job. Mm. That is where a struggle mm. can take place. And so I'm hoping that people leave this, leave the theater wanting to make a mass militant, <laughs> radical That's right. labor movement that uses the withholding of labor yeah. Yeah. as a tool, strategy, tactic in order to... Uh, make uh, social justice mm. movements happen. Yeah. So on Mostly Lit, we speak about books and books are our thing. So we just wanted to ask you, what are you currently reading and what are one of your favorite books? Uh, so what you currently Unfortunately, reading? I'm currently just reading scripts that agents are sending to Interesting. me. Mm-hmm. But my, 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 my favorite books, um, uh, and I think it probably comes off in the film because what I tried to do actually was not only draw on my cinematic references and my cinematic uh, uh, influences, but I tried to draw on, you know, knowing from music, I, I know that I, try, I, I might look for things that influence me mm. that aren't normal and bring them into what I do and filter them through what I already do. And so I did that with this. So I looked for other influences on the musical side, something, uh, you know, aesthetic side, I took from music like Funkadelic and that influenced the aesthetic of the film. Mm -hmm. But then literature, um, Toni Morrison, Song of Solomon. Amazing. Gabriel Garcia Marquez, Hundred Years Solid of Solitude. Yeah. Sal- Salman Rushdie, Midnight's Children. Yeah. Michael Landachi, uh, uh, Cinnamon Peeler's Wife. Ooh, um, you know, um, these are amazing reads. It, <laughs> you know, there, there's a there's a detail, a syrup, a syrupy sweetness to not sweet as in good, but sweet as in as in as in just plentiful and getting you high. That, that thing that comes in all of those writers' work. Where where there's a there's this detail that normally gets cut out mm. of like if I were to tr- you know the translation of that onto screen would normally get cut yeah. out because you know normally uh, independent film is you know at at best like he walked to the store right? <laughs> and uh, any of those authors would say he sauntered slowly to the store <laughs> and in his right hand he carried a coffee cup. That 20 years before, his grandmother had used to murder his grandfather. Oh, wow. What an ending. In that coffee cup. (laughs) In that coffee cup was his half-drunk coffee from last night that he was determined to finish. He took a sip. Now, when is uh, your producer, next, when is your book coming out, Booth? <laughs> his his produ- a producer, indie film producer would be like, just show him at the damn store. <laughs> <laughs> right? holding the thing. 
<laughs> oh, fantastic. You know, um, and just one final line for people that uh, want to create and create more and uh, put their stuff out there. Just one final word of advice for people who... Want to write. Want, want to, to write, want to create. Create, want to direct. Stop researching. Stop. Get off of Google. You don't need to know anything more. Just sit there. Go where there's no Wi-Fi. Yeah. And sit there and write Get for X amount of hours mm. each day, even when nothing's coming out. Mm. And and if nothing's coming out, write that nothing's coming out. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and you, you just have to sit there and do it. There's no preparation that that boredom that comes from sitting there when nothing's coming out is part of the writing yeah. process thank you so much for joining us boots it was so lovely to talk to you thank you and thank you thanks for for having no me worries. and thank you for and thank you so much for talking about this because you know it's uh hard to get you know the word yeah. out about stuff yeah and, oh no we'll be spreading you know, it so <laughs> don't worry yeah, thank you so much right. for joining us and good luck. Right. Bye. Cool. Thanks. Bye. Peace. Right. So that was really fun. That was, that was a really cool conversation. Really great in, in he was really honest. Yeah. Because he was, you know, he was really candid. Yeah. Really candid. He was and like, this is the situation in America. <laughs> situation. This is it. You know, and he had that, all the communist elements and stuff. So guys, go out and see, if you haven't seen it yet, I mean, obviously it's probably been out in cinema, but um, find a way to watch it. It's like, it is a great, People were complaining that obviously it didn't. Um, it's a great critique. Didn't it? It didn't make the Oscar noms, did it? No. Yeah. So basically, um, Oscar nominations are out. Yeah, let's run through this um, quickly. And I'm actually so excited because obviously they probably won't win, but the fact that they are in nominated for Best Picture, mm-hmm. I love. So that is um, Black Panther. Yeah. Congratulations to the bank, Black Panther team yeah. for making Best Picture. I think it's the first superhero to be superhero film to be nominated. So congratulations to Marvel. Yeah, congrats. Um, I'm really happy about this, even though I don't think it's going to win. And I don't know. I mean, I want it to win, even though I know it's not for me and we're Oscar worthy. Mm. But then my idea of Oscar worthy is very tainted by the fact that I've watched so much white man film yeah. that now I feel like this is this, it needs to be this level of art, which is also something to critique in of itself. Yep. Anyway, Black Klansman is also nominated for Best Picture. So, don't you, don't you, I think that's a kind of I think that's a problem. <laughs> number one, not because it's a bad film, but mm. because Spike Lee is by no means Spike Lee's best film. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you just have to be like, what is going on? Yeah. There is some. I watched Black Klansman and there's mm-hmm. something under there's something under hand I mm-hmm. think. because this is not his best films it's by no means yeah. like Brooklyn and it's by no means like School Days and all these other films that he's done and he's like he's been around for ages so why are you nominating him for Best Picture now it, it, it most I don't know if it's win. for the message but I um, I think it's just because of the Academy do you think they were like we need to add in something need, to be honest yeah we are living in a, in a tight spot right now where it's like they are under so much pressure to yeah. ensure you know I think people were saying that they should have put if Bill Street could uh, talk in this in this yeah. category. I haven't watched it yet. You've watched it. Yeah, Beale, Beale Street could talk. Yeah, good. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. Do you think it deserved to be on this? I think it definitely deserved to be on yeah. this because, but it's the thing is, it's a very, very artistic film. But then, it's, it's a literary, it's a literary novel. But then loads of artists, artists. That's what I'm saying. Oh, this, that's no, 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 basically I mean, Oscar bait. Yeah, then. I mean, it fit, it's, yeah. it's, I think, but I think they missed the deadline, didn't they? Because I think it, came, it comes know. out in February here. Comes out Possibly, Valentine's yeah, Day maybe here. next year it might, it, yeah. In America it came out in December, I want to say. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think, and it might it might be up for next year because you know Regina King's already won lead 
a best supporting actor, lead actor, supporting actor, and whatnot for the film. In uh, which in, one? In the, the um, Golden Globes. Golden Globes. Yeah. So then it must have been. Yeah. I'm then it must have been. You think? It yeah, been it would have been okay. definitely because a lot of films that are nominated for Golden Globes are also nominated for oh, okay. the, the Academy Awards. Um, okay. Yeah. So we have uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, which has um, Lady, Lady Gaga. Gaga. Um, that's also nominated. The favorite. No, no, no. Bohemian Rhapsody has Rami Malek. Wait, uh, a star is wait. born as Lady Gaga. Oh, that's it. Oh God, sorry. <laughs> um, I don't. I I've heard. I've not seen it. I haven't seen I either heard, A Star Is Born I or heard, Bohemian Rhapsody. I heard he did. I heard he did oh, Freddie. Freddie yeah, I heard he did um, Freddie Mercury's Freddie Mercury Justice. Some people say. I remember. I knew a few people that went to review it. Yeah. Um, and I hear that he did quite a few people. He did it justice. Um, Sweet. And he's got a lot of charisma as well. So he yeah. did that. A Star Is Born. Not seen it. Not seen but, it. Um, I've not seen many of the lists that has actually happened. Actually. Um, Vice. I'm going to see this week. Yeah. Vice. <laughs> um, Roma and Green Book and the favorite i'm gonna see as well okay um, let me know how they, how they go yeah i like to see quite a few before because i quite like to be involved mm. <laughs> when i see them win um yeah and obviously lead actress as well quite like you know from the same types of films mm-hmm. i think it's just melissa mccarthy from can you ever forgive me that's um the, the one that's not already nominated and glenn close for the wife yeah um my man mahershala is Mahersh- nominated for supporting Mahershala. actor for the green book um and yeah I'm actually so excited to see The Favourite, actually, mm. with um, Emma Stone and uh, Rachel They both got Lance. nominated for the Supporting Actress. Yeah, they imagine? did, yeah. And a... actually, no, 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 Regina King is nominated for Supporting Actress, if Bill Street could talk. Oh, okay, so yeah. she is nominated. Yeah, she is. Yeah. So they didn't miss the deadline. They just didn't get nominated. But yeah, I'm excited, guys. Make sure you keep, you know, tell us what you think, whether these nominations are accurate, whether, you know, you're thinking of... Oh, it's being hosted. No, it was announced by uh, Tracy Ellis and um, Kamal. Who's hosting it, though? I'm not sure this year, you know. It's always a bit of a, you know, thing. But yeah, the Academy Awards, yeah, he said no, didn't he? The Academy Awards will be... he got thrown off because he he made some really outlandish... Oh, what is it on, like, old Twitter things that resurfaced? Yes, Yeah, I I think it was that. Anyways, all I know is that he keeps apologising for it. Anyway, which he should be doing. He should be but, doing. Yeah. He should be making it 100% clear. Yeah. But he's just moving mad out here in the streets. Um, <laughs> the Academy Awards will be airing um, February um, 24th. Oh, Seth MacFarlane. Um, Wait, is he? <laughs> Sorry, oh, February 4th. We don't, they don't need to know this. They can oh, find out. I want to know this. Okay, cool. And if I want to know, everybody should. No. Um, so, yeah, guys. That's that for our mostly, mostly flicks. Dun, dun, dun. Guys, I am so excited that Game of Thrones is coming. Like it's Ooh. coming, guys. Winter is here. It's arrived. We're, we're gonna it's do, stepping on our next. We're going to be doing weekly updates. So if you haven't caught up, by time, by, if it, if we caught up by time it comes out. That's your own personal problem. You have to skip it because yeah, we're going to be having we're, a Game of Thrones. Yeah, we're going to skip it. We're going to be having a Game of Thrones conversation each week. Each week from April. So. <laughs> Just as long as you guys all know this, if you make it this far into the episode, that's your own. Yeah. That's what needs to need to know this. That's what's going on. Fabulous. Um, so let's move on. And we have a final section which we've kind of introduced um, the culture <laughs> questions. So in this section, you guys are free to ask us any questions about um, books, stage, film, music, TV, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, various things about how we deal with certain issues with regards to the, the, what's on TV or what's in books and etc. how we finish certain books, how we don't, what kind of our best mediums are. Yeah, um, any sort of cultural we, questions. Anything, anything, yeah, with yeah. regards to in, those, in those realms. So we have a few that Ray's going to read out. Um, so essentially, um, we asked a question on um, both Twitter and um Instagram. 
we asked, do you have any books that you require someone that you are romantically involved with to read before you take them seriously? I'm going to ask Alex first. What is your like take on this? Oh, so are there any books that, okay. You require your, uh, someone that you're involved with romantically to uh, have read before or, you know, read before you take them seriously. Before I take them seriously. I do think that they kind of, they should really have read some life-affirming book of some kind. I do think that um, I would like somebody, if somebody came to me and they said, Alex, I've read um, Oprah's What I Know For Sure, I think I'd probably be like, okay, so what are we going to talk about with Auntie Oprah? You know what I mean? I would kind of be like, all right, let's have a discussion. Yeah. At one point, it was the, Oscar, the brief and wonders life of Oscar Wilde. Now, I'm not so sure because, <laughs> you know... You don't want to talk to anyone. I've, I've fallen out In with... Gino Diaz. They're on a break, guys. You know, we're on a break. Um, I I know this. I don't know if he does. Um, (laughs) Oh, he does. (laughs) He felt it. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I'm thinking, what else? Um, I do want to, I do think that, you know, things like some of the James Baldwin novels, Mm. if you haven't read any of, or or have a working knowledge of some of the James Baldwin novels, like If Bill Street Could Talk, Mm. or um, Giovanni's Room, or... for me, even Tony Morrison, Song of Solomon, mm-hmm. just those kind of like those strong kind of black books. Yeah, I feel like they make they make a good foundation mm-hmm. of just of conversation. Conversation. Because yeah. I can say, ah, oh, um, you know, if you if you're interested in James Baldwin, we can have a conversation about the way whether James Baldwin was right in particular things, not right in particular yeah. things. Because um, I love the way that James Baldwin writes. He's so visceral, and and I want to have those kind of conversations. Um, so for me, yeah, also. Um, I don't know what else, actually. Fantastic. That's, that's what I think. What about you? I said I don't really require an, a hardened interest in, like, books like that because mm. I just have other priorities. Um, you know? I'm like, busy. Is he, um, is he honest? <laughs> is, is he kind? Oh, okay. And, okay, you know, yeah. emotionally available is and honest, sane. Is he, is he empathetic? Yeah, all of these other things. However... I think, so that's why for me, it's like I don't require someone, mm-hmm. but I do, I, I think the only thing that I would require somebody is to maybe have, um, like not require, but if I want them, like in terms of an interest or like if I take a bigger interest in them, maybe to have read like some um, feminist theory, feminist mm-hmm. writing, just so that we both have an understanding um, and not like just, oh, you know, there are so much that men need to unlearn and I want to know that you have taken steps to unlearn mm-hmm. certain things because I will not be entrapped in your, in, the, in like, you know, there's so much, drama. yeah, like there's so much the world tells us is right when it's wrong and if you don't know that and so sometimes, yeah, you know, you can't just let Twitter teach you, you need to actually go out and do the hard work and a man that can do that by reading maybe some feminist texts, some feminist texts will be amazing mm-hmm. um, and just for like, maybe just for conversation, um, reading books from, I personally, if you're only telling me that the last thing you read was um, of my and men <laughs> from like year nine, then I'll be a bit like, you're a bit dead, isn't it? Yes. Um, it's not a requirement if you know, obviously have all the other qualities, but I am an in, like, I would, I like intellectual stimulation and stuff. Mm. And so it would be great to have read some books, whether it's, you know, Jim Amanda. 30s. Or, you know, Doris Lessing. Well, you don't really like the, the trials. I if know. someone said to me they lived there with lesson, I'd be like, which book? Um, you know, some Googie West Yongles, some, yeah. you know, some African texts, African American texts, um, some nice millennial texts, some things that are coming out currently. Mm. So, yeah. What did, the, what did the people say? So, the people said, <laughs> um, some person called Igor, hashtag one week, whatever that is, 
said, no, not really. My so and my oh significant other, sorry. Oh, and I, yeah, uh, sorry, yeah. And I have wildly different interests when it comes to books. I think the only authors that we have enjoyed are J.K. Rowling and Terry Pratchett. Um, somebody else says, no, but it helps. So one Jerry, so Mawaz or Mengi. Oh, that's, that's Swahili. Mm-hmm. Um, loads of thoughts. <laughs> no, but it helps to have enjoyed a good number of the same books and authors, save for, save for self-help books. I'm always glad to discover new work. What matters mm. most is his overall political stance and especially that one cannot separate an artist from their work. Um, somebody said the Bible and I think that's Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first of all, you need, to, you need to know the Proverbs. That's one That's one thing. Yeah. I basically follow this Instagram account called Daily Proverb. Oh, I know Daily Proverb. Because <laughs> I, I sometimes need reminding. I think Proverbs is like the Someone said words. the Quran. I'm like, yes, I you stand. To, sometimes you have to like have that, have that, that, that spiritual compass yeah. sometimes. You know what I mean? If you're Someone said for, Ulysses and I was a bit like, um, uh, are you okay, mate? Legit, that's what I want to know. Um, Somebody said on Godnam at Lex Lux. No, I bought my friend a book that I loved and she still hasn't read it months later. Reading is personal. So basing a relationship off of it is risky. I think basically people just want to know that you read. Mm -hmm. So having an interest in reading is good for me. Is good for me anyway. Like I would get you to read my favorite book if maybe I want you to discuss something. But... I'm somebody that if you like something and I like you, I'll likely read it just mm-hmm. to see why you like it. Yeah. And I always find it brings people closer to have um, to have a book that they've read together and they have different uh, takes on it. Mm-hmm. Like if I like you, I'd probably read a book that you like just to see. And if I don't like it, then I'll be like, yeah, maybe this can't be in it. Yeah. I'm joking. That, that's not what happened. Yeah. But yeah, but um, yeah, I do think that it does, it's not a requirement. Just mm. as I said on Nena's show, it's not what books he reads or, you know, it's can he read. <laughs> So yeah, this section is all about you and like write us in. It's, so I was a bit you know put off by it first because obviously I don't want to hear your dilemmas. This isn't a curious cat ramble or your dilemmas. Yeah, I don't want you to write in to talk about your issues. That's well, not it. But if, we would, if you have issues via <laughs> via those channels, I mean via arts, you know, I mean? reading. Music, television. Yeah, I really find it interesting that like, oh, what songs do you guys listen to to get over a breakup or whatever. You oh, that's I mean? nice. Well, that's interesting. Like, what books do you read when you're having? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, I like that. So, guys, whatever questions you guys have, um, we're happy to answer them. Um, obviously, if you find them anonymous, if you want them to be anonymous, just tell us. Yeah, um, we won't say read your name. them out. We won't say your name. But um, otherwise, yeah, I think that it is an. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how that yeah. goes. So make sure you email us at mostlylit at gmail.com or, you know, DM us at mostlylit um, on, you know, on Instagram as well at mostlylitpod. On, 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 yeah. And even just if you have any questions on our SoundCloud, yeah, yeah. you know, comment. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Or, or message us individually and whatever and we'll just carry it over. Fabulous. <laughs> we'll carry it over. All right. So we've come to the end of the show. Oh. That was a long line. Oh, yeah, that was a long line. You're at my jar. I've got brunch to go to. <laughs> you always got. You always got brunch to go to. <laughs> um, yeah. So as you probably noticed, there is a one voice missing. Yeah. Um, so our host Derek is no longer going to be a part of the show because he's taking some time out to focus on his book that's coming out. Yeah. Safe will be coming out in March, um, which I am a part of, and I can't wait to see what happens Ooh. with said book. Shout out to Orion Trapeze, who are publishing it. And, um, yeah, like, wish everybody all the best, and he's just taking some time to focus mm-hmm. on what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and um, we look forward to seeing what happens with regards to the book and how the book performs yeah. and whatnot, talking about it on the show when it comes out. 
And yeah, shout out to Derek. Like, have a great moment with regards to your book and your essays. And you know, focus on focus on what matters. Oh, oh my God, you make me sick. You make me sick. sick. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. But so yeah, so shout out to Derek, to Uncle, and you can just you know focus on what you're doing. Fabulous. Alrighty. Um, what else? Do you have anything else you want to add this week? Um. Oh. Um. <laughs> Thingy. Oh my god. What? Guys, um Oh yeah. The, <laughs> it's not about the burka. Yes. Um yeah, so I contributed an essay to this amazing anthology um edited by the amazing Mariam Khan called mm-hmm. It's Not About the Burka. It's coming out 21st of February. We will be also having an episode on it, and there is a launch happening 21st of Fairbat Foils. So I think this is like one of the few times that all like most of the contributors will be there. Mm-hmm. So get your tickets and come and see us. I will be on a panel. Um talking with a fellow beautiful amazing woman amazing um, so yeah I'm really excited about that and I loved recording the audio because I was literally like first of all this is my new career mm-hmm. like Stephen Fry is really just dead right now it's me I should be doing this when you think about it like, you have to sit there and, and do the audio for the whole series of Harry Potter the whole series amazing from one to seven it's amazing isn't it every chapter do you know how much you get paid oh my god he would have got paid he would have gotten coin anyway so he's doing what he needs to do yeah make room for the rest of us sure honestly anyway um, <laughs> but yeah I will have some that's great so look so look out for it's not about the burqa I always keep forgetting what the title's called I keep thinking it's never never about the burqa it's <laughs> never about the burqa <laughs> that's what I thought it was going to be called but it's called it's not it's, about the burqa it's on my um yeah. coffee table yeah so okay thank you guys for um, listening 21st um, we're back also Ooh, we have another announcement not several um, oh not, several, not several okay. not several but anyway I was just saying like yeah, to make sure that you can um, you rate, review and subscribe Bye. on SoundCloud we are now on Spotify so make sure that you can check us out on Spotify yep. um, leave your comments leave your comments leave your reviews leave your uh, ratings the more that we can do the more that we can be seen and the more that we can continue doing this amazing show for you guys um, also check out my blog alexreads.co.uk can't wait I would, I'm like I put out a blog each week so please join and have a read <laughs> like I really enjoy writing it check out my Twitter page because I chat shit I'm, <laughs> I'm not even on like okay, I'm on Twitter but I'm really sure. on Twitter I'm me there, too I'm there but I'm sitting there just like looking I want a blog why do you have one I don't because can you make me one you can like, can you write for it write for your blog you're actually rude. <laughs> are you paying me a fee <laughs> I'll um, commission pieces from you <laughs> You better pay me a fee, fam. Pay me my money, run me my check. My money. Okay. Um, what matters is back in March. So, guys, if you are interested in listening to the interviews and stuff, um, what matters with Alex Reeds is back in March, and um, I think that is that is pretty much it. Mm-hmm. So, guys, we we'll see you next week. Ciao. Have a, have a great February. Have a lovely February. This is the beginning of the new year. Valentine's know. month. I don't know what January was. So, Honestly, my membership. Peace out. Also, shout out to Alexandra Shepherd. Oh yes. Oh, oh my of- god. The launch of it. Oh my gods. Yeah, we're so, going to be having her so, on the show. Yeah, so we're going to be talking to her very soon. Yeah, I'm really excited. We cannot wait read. for that. So thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. We'll catch you soon.